0: Spooky scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrinking skull will shut your soul and seal your golding night. Spooky, scary skeletons, stick with such a screeching. You'll shake and shudder in surprise. Welcome
1: back to the Dungeon Master's Block. The place where we focus on the Dungeon Master. The most important person in the game. The only person capable of ending the world as we know it mutilating characters and throwing them down, down, down into the pit of despair. I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. And I'm Dungeon Master Chris. And welcome back to another exciting episode. Our Halloween episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. Good to see you, Chris. (laughs) Good to see you, too. (laughs) Hope you liked our new (laughs) intro. Um, We're going to start us off um, as we always do. Uh, with shout-outs. Um, we're going to give shout-outs. Perhaps we call them scream-outs today. Scream-outs. <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, our, first, our first shout-out tonight is, uh, comes from iTunes with another five-star rating. Good job. We're glad to have you listening. Uh, it is entitled Good Advice by Animos. And it says, uh, this podcast is for experienced or newbie DMs. Any DM can use help with ideas to spark their own creativity, and this is a good place to hear some good ones. That is awesome. Thank you, Animos.
2: Your voice is having a hard time changing out of I'm spooky mode. I am liking the spooky <laughs> mode, and I will stay uh, in spooky all right. mode. Okay. Uh, the second one is from Reversed Normals. Uh, it says, Good listen. Five stars. It says, I enjoyed story time the most, but the rest of the podcast is also great. Thanks for adding that. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Reverse normal. You're awesome. Thank
2: we you very much. We are watching you right now. Oh gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, let's um. With no further ado, let's head into this week's special spooky story time. Story time, the time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns, our favorite moments, what we learned about ourselves,
2: and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time. Welcome to another edition of Story Time, everyone. Uh, if you are a frequent listener of the podcast, you know that we usually do story time about our past experiences as dungeon masters in our campaign. And this week, we haven't done any either of our campaigns. The last nope. thing we did was fifth edition, and we did that last week Thursday. And so we don't have anything else. We, we did a review on 5e, so you can share that, a little bit of our story. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. And so we we decided for the Halloween edition to do a different type of story time. And this time, we're going to do... Spooky, spooky story, story time. time. So, Mitch, you want to start us off with uh, your spookiest experience in Dungeons & Dragons?
1: Yeah, um, so as you know, Chris, I mostly... DM, uh, so I'm gonna tell a story that, um, wasn't, it wasn't me playing, it was, it was me DMing, um, I, I, there's been a couple, like, horror-ish moments that, like, I've done in my campaigns, um, I think one of my favorites, um, was, uh, in my, in the first, um, campaign that I ever did, um one of the players uh was bit by a uh werewolf. Um and so okay. he he contracted lycanthropy and so he became uh he started becoming a werewolf at night. Uh as you can imagine that happened to be um kind of a problem a little bit, yeah. <laughs> for the group. Uh so uh and and only what happened was he was able to keep it under wraps, like hide in his room at night and stuff. Uh he was under able to keep it under wraps for a while um, but one of the group found out, uh, who was, uh, Jared's p- character, uh, Jared joined us on the, uh, review of the 5e, um, yep. and, uh, Jared's characters are usually pretty trustworthy, and, like, yep. this one especially was, like, super trustworthy, and so he was, like, alright, like, I get it, and so they kind of, we had a awesome, like, side quest where they, like, went off together to try and figure out, like, a cure, um, and so they went to, um... Probably the biggest name in my world. They went to Bastion Windsailer. Um, ah, yes. The the greatest, most powerful wizard in my world, and um, they like were able to. He told them like, oh, well, like here's a, like here's the cure, here's what we need, and so they had to go off and find the different um, things that they needed for the cure. So one of them obviously was wolfsbane, um, a plant called wolfsbane, sure. and. Uh, so they had to travel to this forest, uh, and this forest was called the Black Hollow. Um, now, if there's even om- yeah, if there's an <laughs> ominous name <laughs> for a wood, uh, the Black Hollow is the Black Hollow, yeah. And so they, uh, you know, they're going through this wood and they're encountering creepy creatures and stuff. It's super dark in the woods. It's basically, these knotted trees that like block out all the sunlight, so you don't know if it's nighttime or daytime. It's dark in this woods. Um, Eventually, um, this was this was back in the day before I decided that I wanted to ever kill characters. <laughs> and we'll, we, can, we can talk about that on a future episode. But so, basically, they got in a battle and they just got rocked. Right. Um, and so I had this moment of like, all right, what am I going to do? And so I'm like, all right, they're, they're both technically, they would be dead, but I don't want to kill them, especially on a side quest. Right. And so what they woke up to is they woke up tied to two trees, um, and they were like, what's going on, um, all their weapons had been taken off of them, um, they're, like, bloodied up, uh, they're, like, eyes are, like, focusing, and they see, like, this big, like, cauldron, um, in the woods, and there's a fire underneath it, okay. um, and so they're starting to think, oh, crap, <laughs> we're gonna be cooked <laughs> yeah, alive, we're gonna be cooked alive, <laughs> and so, all of a sudden, these these figures this one of these figures appears and starts like stirring this pot and it's a centaur but it's not a centaur like any centaur that they've ever seen before it's a it's a dark centaur now if there's oh, okay. if there's a drow equivalent to a centaur yeah, this is it this is these it. creatures have like um very very dark skin uh, they have these twisted knotted antlers coming out of their uh head they're they're a little bit more hairy um than regular centaurs um they have a bunch of tribal tattoos, and their eyes are one of the creepiest parts of all. They're just pure black. Um, and and so they start to, like... He starts to hear a couple of them talking, um, and they're talking in abyssal, <laughs> which only one of them understands. And since he knows it's abyssal, he's like, this is not this good. Is, like, they're looking at awful. each other like, what the heck are we going to do? How are we going to get out of How here? How are we going to get out of this? Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really, like... It's really hard to, like, scare um, players in D&D. It, it's a difficult thing um, to actually scare them. Uh, and I think one of the one of the best ways to, like, scare them in a fun way is to put their characters' lives extinct. Especially when they're, like, in a helpless situation. They don't know what they're going to do, and they're going to get eaten alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> by dark centaurs with oh. totally black eyes. Um, what eventually Good. ended up happening um is uh the one character ended up like praying to his God and like like help me and he's he's looking to the DM, like he's looking to me like give me away Yeah right. Um and so eventually his prayers in his mind maybe were answered. Um the he the moon comes through the trees and he turns into a werewolf.
2: <laughs> the guy so, did that,
0: prey. yeah. The, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the one they're trying to cure of uh, lycanthropy is the one that ends into up a werewolf, saving them. Rips those ropes off um, and starts fighting um, the the dark centaurs. Now, gosh, that one player who is a werewolf is like, all right, yeah, awesome. The one that's not Jared's character <laughs> is like. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> like, there's no good way out of this. Yeah. Either the centaurs win and they get pissed and they like, just rip me to shreds or he's gonna turn around to kill the centaurs and he's gonna rip me Oh, he's got like bloodlust at that point. He's a werewolf. <laughs> like, he doesn't oh, yeah. know like what he's um, doing. So he was, uh, he was a spellcaster He's was able to eventually, like, he was able to free himself with magic. He climbed
0: up a tree
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he just stayed he there, there out until, tonight. uh, until the other character turned back into a, a, a naked human, and like he climbed down, and he's like, "Dude, we gotta, Climb we down gotta off. get you, we gotta get you healed, man."
2: He wakes up all ashamed, like, oh, yeah. gosh, "What so did was, I do?"
1: It was it was like such a fun experience, but it was so yeah. fun watching them, like uh, the probably one of the best like things the DM is watching players panic, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't
0: know what I'm gonna do." Like,
1: especially seeing uh, Jared just panic with a werewolf and darks at like. Like, the one guy was like, "Like yeah, well, I'm going to try and kick their butt now. Jared was sitting there just going, like, it went from bad to worse. Yeah, for him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, one guy's like, I'm coming out was, alive, probably. That was one of my favorite, like, spooky, creepy events that happened in one of my campaigns. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, uh, well, sorry.
2: speaking of feeling helpless, uh, <laughs> there was a situation in one of uh, your campaigns that we did where... Uh, we traveled to a place called the Dark Bellows. Yep. I mean, you remember that my, place. It's... My
1: version of the Underdark. Yeah, of the it's Underdark. But that's definitely inspired. Fairly,
2: yeah, fairly similar. I was just reading about the mm-hmm. the dark actually today. I think yeah, a little bit today. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So we tra- we traveled to the Dark Bellows. We had traveled down and down and down and down and down and down and down, and down for a really long down. time, and then further down, and then we traveled across and across and across <laughs> and across and across. Until we found a place where there were dwergers, and these are like dark... Dwarves, dark dwarves yeah. uh, and so we we had to like I forget what all we had to do in this city. There was one really angry one that chased after one of you our had characters. potions and
1: stuff. that transformed you to look That's like what them. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you were able to sneak through the city. Yep. But you guys got recruited. You guys were we got recruited like soldiers, and you we got recruited into yeah, a battle came out. against <laughs>
2: these blind goblins yeah. that are goblins in the, in the dark eyes. Guys. Yep. You don't need
1: yep. Eye if, yep It's completely dark.
2: Yep. So they had. <laughs> Those goblins had extreme smell, extreme hearing. We got into a battle with them. It was really funny. There was a point in time where everybody was watching me try to kill, like, this one. Like, everybody got done killing what they were killing. It was like me and this goblin going back, like, crit missing (laughs) and just, like, missing a whole bunch. And after that, though, um, this moment of just, like, helplessness came over all of us. Uh, And you remember this. But we came to a part, and I don't remember if the you escaped the... You, escaped, you ran away from yep, we that went down part, a the dwarger in that middle of battle, and I don't remember if it was like the floor fell out yeah. from underneath us, or if there was just a like cavern that we had to cross. It was yeah, just a hole a in the big, ground that we had there to cross. Was a big hole. It was like ten feet across, or something like yep. that.
1: And you, you were drop, you were dropping things down the bottom. Yep. To see if we could hear. hear I think
2: noise. it was a little bit further than ten feet. I think it was like fifteen or something like that. I, th- I,
1: I think it was. I think it was ten, but like it was enough that I thought you guys would make it yeah
2: so we like some of our characters Whereas couldn't just run and couldn't just run and jump across <laughs> yeah. uh because we were too too little too little guys so we had we had just enough rope we had 10 feet of rope exactly And so we had the two biggest guys we had one who was like a I i forget what he was he was like an ape creature of some kind and yep. he, had, he could jump a long ways so he jumped all the way across uh, and we had him and another guy who were both really big like holding this rope like extremely tight so our first friend his character tries to go across and he rolls like a like a cr- like a, 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 a crit miss like no. climb check or whatever it was you had him so he just whoosh, just down to this darkness and we have no idea no. you make us leave the room and you like tell him like all this stuff like hey this is what's going on i'm not gonna you know <laughs> just pretend like you died right and so we come back out and he's just sitting there and he's like he just looks defeated like my character literally just died and we're all like Mitch won't kill our characters off right like he doesn't he won't do that by having them fall down a cavern like that can't happen
1: yeah and and I knew you guys would think that but that like I knew also that there would be that slight that voice slight the mo- back of your head
2: that was like.
0: But what if I die, yeah, but what if I'm <laughs> falling down a hole <laughs> yeah.
2: and that yeah. was, yeah, so we so then our our second friend, he's a gnome, he goes across <laughs> and he's like crawling and all of a sudden, he like gets like halfway and this just gone, same thing happens. he rolls like a terrible climb check yep. to cross this tight rope, and so I get up to it, and I'm just like, what the heck is going to happen if I fall <laughs> uh luckily, I think I was like a I was a cat folk of some kind. Uh, a cogen, I think is what I was yep. called, something like that, but, so I, I cross it, I get across no problem, and then our other friend runs and jumps and makes it across, and we're like, well, what the, what the heck are we supposed to do now, like, <laughs> do it, like, do we mourn? Like what? Do, what do we do? And you did. Yeah, we did. You I held forget. a little funeral. Yeah, we held a uh, like, little funeral for him and stuff. And I was just like, well, the, and, like, and they and they death played was it so not well.
1: uncommon in this campaign. Yeah, no, it was not like.
2: Yeah, it was not uncommon. We had a lot of. Lo- I had none. I almost had all three of them die on the first yeah. night from an explosion. But other than that, like there was there was a lot of death that had happened in this campaign. So we were like, that also played into it where we're like maybe he won't... Like, he'll probably won't kill our characters off by falling on a hole, <laughs> but maybe he will. I mean, we've had people die from some pretty stupid things. things, but, yeah. So, I think that was that was probably the, like, most awful thing that's happened in the campaign for me, was, like, just that feeling of, Thinking like... that, like, two that, people that had just died feeling of helplessness. <laughs> yeah, people had just died from falling. It's like, oh, man, like, we might be done for. Yeah. Like... But later on, we we found him. Then we had to deal with spiders. Things yeah. a lot. So for they that. had
1: fallen down the hole. Yep. And why didn't you hear anything hit a bottom? Because it bottom. was always
2: hitting the web.
1: Yeah, there was a web. There's the a bottom. web. But I don't remember how falling. it was a
2: long ways down. though. And so
1: what I what happened was you guys left the room. I'd say you fall and you hit something soft and like you. I saw like the other players like this moment of like up oh, alive yeah. and then I say a spider jumps in your chest hits you in the face with web and you can't talk and then like starts spindling what was it? and we, so you guys were unders- to them yeah you guys were like you're sort of like are you alive no answer no answer because like, they got knocked, knocked out <laughs> right.
2: but couldn't um, couldn't somebody understand what the spiders were saying or something like that
1: I don't think so I think no. they there were there were goblin riders that that's
2: probably what we what they were understanding And so you
1: guys kept going thinking your friends were dead and kept going this big cavern
2: yep and i don't did we see like balls of web up there or something i forget how it all worked out Saw
1: these these goblins were expert climbers and so they lived on like the ceiling right they had like their huts like on the on the ceiling weird like huts and so you saw like these huts all over the ceiling, and you knew that if these things woke up, there was too many for you to deal. Yeah. With.
2: So we had to like, we had our ape friend like climb real quietly, like out. Because oh, I think why? Because
1: why, did, why was he climbing on top of the ceiling?
2: Because we saw our friends like tied up uh, there, tied up they, there yeah, in the in the web. Ones. Yeah, I don't remember if it was like we saw like their weapons on the ground or what it was, yeah. but we we somehow saw them up there, and so we had him climb across. He's like climbing across these webs, <laughs> and he gets up there and he's trying to like cut them out, and I can't remember if he like. Held on to him or just let him drop. I don't remember how it happened, but man, and then we woke him up, and we had like the all these crazy like goblins yeah. running after us. They and heard you guys. They heard us. Yeah, you they guys heard made us. Too much noise. We were running down this tunnel. Oh, I forgot. This was the time where Mark sacrificed his character. Cre- yep, character buddy, Mark Mullins. Yep.
1: It was kind of that like like I I made this campaign pretty dangerous. And yeah. This was, this was one of those situations where you guys failed to be quiet. Yep. And all these. There were hundreds. These, of there them. were hundreds of these goblins. Woke up. It didn't matter. Like how good you guys fought. There were too many. You guys would have died. Um, and so um, you guys uh, like reached this point where I, as dungeon master, is going, "All right, what's going to happen next?" They failed. Um, Mar- our buddy Mark steps, has his character step forward. He he looks at. He stops running with you guys. He he says, "Go. I'll take care of them." Pulls cool, out his bastard Such sword. a cool yeah. moment. And like, just this like, movie-like moment where yeah. like, hundreds of zombies came to him and he's just fighting them off yeah. like crazy. Well, it was
2: also the day, the last time he was going to play with us too because he yeah. moved. Yeah. So it was so just it was like, this like, fantastic ending. But it was, oh.
1: But it, I, this is, I know that this might be a little bit long a story time, but we're talking about spooky stuff. I feel like we need to talk about what happened to his character. Oh yeah. Guys. Now, now, you guys didn't know, I told I told you guys once again to leave the room. Yeah. And so he's fighting off goblins, he's brought down to his knees, he's about to die, and like, this light goes off, um, and he, uh, all the goblins, like, scatter, um, and something else comes out of the shadows. Even though I can't guys, see. You guys were, <laughs> you guys were, uh, yeah, I, maybe it wasn't a light, I can't remember. Yeah. It was something, um, but, like, uh, they get all chased away, um. Something more powerful comes out, and like he just goes unconscious. Um, now you guys eventually find out what you guys were tracking down uh, was uh, this other character in my world, Alhoon, which yep. is a mind, hes a one of the most powerful mind flayers. Yep. And so he had other mind flayers that like work followed him. Um, in fact, he was dead at this point, but he was still being worshipped by right. some of them, some right. rogue mind flayers. And so that character, although he had. Technically, game wise, died. Um, they captured him. They brought him back. And if you don't know, like anything about mind flayers, they can kind of they can turn you into like some S- half mind flayer, yeah, pseudo form. mind flayer. And type so thing. you guys got to this huge cavern. You needed to cross this lake. Uh, you fought off these guys, these other enemies, um, and then you see a boat coming across the lake. And you like it's this creepy moment of like. What is this? And you guys What's are in the all ball? ready. Cuz we can see a figure. We don't yeah. know what it is. But we can see a figure. And you see the yeah. body of your buddy rowing across. Yeah. Rowing across the lake. Your um gorilla folk buddy Kaboto yeah. and you're like, "He's alive."
2: Like <laughs> yeah.
1: Mitch, Mitch tricked us with the spiders before. He tricked us again. But oh, the whole, then everything's we all okay. we
2: all kind of came back to reality <laughs> and we're like He looked Wait up a minute.
1: And instead of his normal mouth he has now sprouted tentacles. Yeah, he jumps of the boat, and that was a cool moment too. Because Mark, our buddy Mark, got to roll for his character, all the stats yep. and everything, and try and kick your guys' butt. And you guys had to roll against him and try and kick his butt. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was fun. fun.
2: That was that was probably the most scary thing. I wouldn't say scary, but the most like suspenseful thing I've ever done. Yeah, that, that was the
1: a that that campaign was my masterpiece. Yeah. That campaign. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a that's a good story time. I love a spooky moment. Spooky moments. Spooky, moments. Spooky. spooky. All right, let's head to the meat.
2: The meat.
0: I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but Maggie bread for three stinking days. Yeah. Why can't we have some meat? Looks like meat back on the menu, boys. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: So tonight for the meet, um, we're going to be talking about what we call the big four. Uh, in our minds, the, bi- the the main four monsters um, and villains of uh, horror campaigns. Yep. Vampires, werewolves, ghosts, and zombies. But before we talk about that, uh, we want to talk about uh, the idea of setting the mood for a horror campaign or a... Uh, whether it's just a, a night, one night campaign or uh, a whole campaign or maybe even just a um, a part of your campaign in which you want um, it to be a fun, creepy night. Yeah. Um, and so some of the ideas, um, we've wrote, written down some uh, ideas that we have. Uh, we've talked about snack time before, Chris. And yep. so we talked about how you could have a scary snack theme. Um, so what would some of those scary snacks be? I know... We talked about maybe having a drink that like has the consistency and
2: look of blood yeah. like that you have goblets that yeah like, have blood that would be creepy pumpkin cookies pumpkin. Just kidding, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I mean you could have you could have cookies that are shaped like bones or something yeah, like that I've seen like the chop- chocolate chip cookies that you like
1: right as you take them out of the like like oven you uh, take like a little uh, toothpick and and make legs on the chocolate chip so it looks like Spider what? cookies, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I've never seen. Yeah, that yeah. before. Like there's, and and you can just go online and search like Halloween snacks, yeah. and there's tons of ideas like yeah. that you can do. Just uh, you can go to uh your local Walmart and buy like a really cheap skull, like fake skull. Cut the top off of it and make it into a bowl. To, yeah. Like, oh gosh, have that blood drink. In. <laughs> oh, now you're talking shit. creepy. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, before we play D and D. We must all drink the blood of this unicorn from the skull. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's
2: gonna happen. <laughs> I know it is. Probably gonna happen. Gonna have like a stuffed unicorn that's got like red on it what or if something. You have
1: to find a horse skull. All
2: right, well let's move uh, on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Come> one on. <laughs> one thing that
1: you you brought up that I was like, duh, why didn't I think about it? this? Was like dressing up. Yeah, right? yeah, dress up um, in costumes, now, creepy costumes or something. Now I realize maybe some of you out there dress up every week um, for D and D. Um, and I have to say more power to you, we don't um, yeah, we don't we and maybe some of you out there here dress up for d and d that sounds stupid as heck um but let's all just admit to ourselves that inside every person there's a little child that wants to dress up, yeah. <laughs> especially for Halloween.
0: You um, can wrap it, yourself in toilet dude, paper and call yourself fun. a dress mommy. up
1: as your character for Halloween, yeah, especially if you 're doing a creepy campaign like. You don't have to dress up in black robes and look like a cult as you drink the <laughs> unicorn blood from the unicorn skull, but... Gosh. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it would be... We've. I was just talking to you about how I want to do a dress-up night, like, probably close to Halloween for yeah. our campaign. Just, yeah. We have such a goofy, like, group of, like, characters that it would just be, like, so much fun to just, like, see what we can pull together for... Um, Especially because we were talking about how one of the characters... One is, of the characters
2: would have to be naked. Yeah, right? they're uh,
1: <laughs> they're covered completely with fur in the campaign, so... <laughs> we don't know how they would do that. That would
2: make for a creepy night. That, yes.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. I, you know, the creepiest part is... Um, I have some friends that probably are covered in... <laughs> Care enough anyway. to be covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: gosh. Oh, um, let's not invite them. So what's some other ideas we can do for setting uh, You could do I mean you brought up the idea of the having it done completely by candlelight, yeah. setting up candles all around the room for the spooky night. And yeah. you'd have to
1: have you'd have to have a couple at least. Yeah.
2: Like you don't want to go
1: blind playing D and D, but like yeah. have a like have a couple <clears> candles out. Like make it like pretty well lit with candles, but still playing candlelight. Um, have if you have a uh, a dungeon uh, master's like shield of some sorts like set it up so your face is like the radiating only let, in yeah. shadow like yeah. that would be creepy uh, like um you could have constant creepy music playing in the background yeah. um i have music that i use whenever we're going through dungeons it's just i went on to uh youtube and i just found uh shaman drums like that's what i just searched yeah and it's just the constant like Creepy beating drums, or you, it's just yeah. such a good like it gets without that playing, like the dungeons are never as good, yeah. anymore Like, yeah. it just sets that. Or you could, mood. you could
2: have like, you, I mean, you could look up any famous horror movie and oh, yeah. look up the soundtrack and just yeah. pull like the most just intense songs that. or oh man, you know, the creepiest background music that you could to find. to this from those. day,
1: the Halloween theme just like makes me creeped out, yeah. I'm just like, wow. oh gosh. Like, <laughs>
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could do you could do cauldrons, you know, with dry oh, yeah, ice in yeah, them. Yeah. You could put fill water, have like the you know drop water or a piece of dry ice in yeah. there, it foams over. Um, I mean, you can buy a cheap plastic cauldron at any store now for like five bucks, maybe. Yeah, the perfect I thing mean, is
1: that right now you could go anywhere and get little props, like yeah. because it's Halloween's coming up. Uh, you could go to your dollar store, yeah. and you don't need to spend an arm and a leg, like. You just can, (laughs) or you can (laughs) buy an arm. because some places have this. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But yeah, so uh, you could also, I think a good thing that we talked about, for a horror type, if it's going to be a complete horror campaign, I think you and me both agreed that um, in a good horror campaign, uh, gray area in moral decision making is the best yeah in fact we said with the
2: theme of halloween yeah you know,
1: if you remember our episode four where we talked about neutral characters yep. we both shared that we're not the biggest neutral character fans yeah um but i think i think what i realized was horror campaigns is the perfect place for neutral yeah. characters like for them to shine like you think about like um shows that are focused on horror movies and horror uh, themes we love we both love the walking dead yep. walking dead is one of the reasons we got inspired to do this yep uh, neutral like stances on things like comes up all the time people all have to the make time. hard decisions if they want to survive yep. that's a constant
2: thing in the show yeah i can think of a couple of situations right now and some of the more recent episodes that were you know, yeah, extremely gray areas, and for those of you listening, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. To, yeah, it's great to have that. I
1: always say you need you need a character too that like has a good moral stance. Yeah. However, they're gonna it's gonna be the hardest road for them. The high road is the hardest road, the most difficult road, and if you do it right in a hard campaign, uh, even the player who's playing the most. Moral character is going to have a difficult time with yeah. making good aligned decisions, yeah. and I think that's the that's the right way to do it. Um, it's kind of the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, another idea uh, I just came up with this a little while ago. Uh, invite a friend over that the other friends don't know is actually <laughs> over. Have him hide somewhere in the closet, and at the perfect opportune moment, he jumps out and scares the crap out of them.
2: <laughs> you have like a you have like a half or like. 20 minutes into the campaign you have like a catchphrase or (laughs) a word that you're going to say and the person pops out behind everybody well I can
1: just I like we we said it before but it's it's difficult to like actually to really scare people yeah yeah in a we're sitting around a table we're all having fun we know especially if like the players know the dm's trying to scare them yeah um and so I'm like, all right, how would you really... Put, like, I can sit at the table and I can imagine, like, you guys being like, you're trying to scare me, well, and you will never scare me. I put, like, something in the closet, they pop out, oh, gotcha, you're scared. Yeah, well, because that, that's like,
2: I mean, even even when I watch, like, horror movies themselves, I don't get scared by yeah. them. Because I'm like, I can, for the most part, I can say, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is probably, it's, it's going to go one of two ways at the end. The good guys are going to win or they're going to die. Yep. You know, like, the only thing that scares me in horror movies is when people freaking jump out at you yep. on screen. Like, that is... Like, I can think of paranormal activity when the girl is sitting on the counter. I'm like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And all of a sudden, all the doors fly open yep. in the kitchen and everything comes flying out. And I just about peed my pants. Because that was the most intense part of the whole movie. Like, people could be flying through the room. I'm like, oh, well, that's not that scary, you know? Like, you could people can die. Like, they can have horrible things. I'm like... I'm not creeped out. Like, I'm not scared by that. I'm going to sleep fine tonight. Like, it's not that big of a deal. But when stupid things pop out at you from nowhere, like, that (laughs) is the most terrifying... So if you did that to me, Mitch, I'm just going to say this right now, I would uh, probably hit you. Would you hit
1: me, or would you hit the friend Well, we've talked before, because I have fight or flight syndrome. Like, I have the fight syndrome. I think I'm safe until yeah, you, it's... like, figure out what
2: happened. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I get scared, and my natural tendency is to fight back. Like, I don't run away. Like, I've pinned my brother up against the wall a couple of times in the middle of the night, because we don't know each other out there. Um, yeah, you might want to warn the person not to... Be close to me. Yeah, or play was, with people that don't have anger issues like you. I don't have uh, anger issues. Let's talk about the big four. I don't freaking have anger issues. <laughs> let's start with <laughs> vampires. Vampires. These things are freaking scary. Uh, we looked over them a little bit. Well, we looked over them quite a bit. Um, but they have a lot of things that are extremely scary about them and can really add an element of horror to your campaign. So, Mitch, how... Before we talk about stats and stuff like that how would you use a vampire in your campaign
1: um, I kind of like the classic vampire has a high seat of power in like society like we you know you go back to like original Dracula movies like he's he's count Dracula yeah um in D and D you have Lord Strahd. Yeah. Um like you got a vampire who um, you know does enough killing. That it's like that guy, that dude is evil.
2: Don't mess with that guy.
1: But also keeps his head down. That um, he's not doing so much killing that it brings down the law um, on him. He's doing it slyly enough that he gets away with it. In fact, um, it's always great when yeah, vampires are like seen in some lore as like very charismatic and yeah. like when they're trying to like trick people like. Um, and like that's that's kind of cool in my opinion yeah. like um and so I would have a sort of dungeon like crawl campaign where um enter into the vampire's uh castle or mansion and um something happens in which uh, you uh, either don't get killed right away because that would be a boring campaign. right, right. <laughs> and so maybe you escape his clutches and you have to like, get the heck out of there, and so then you have, like, what, who else is work like, does he have people working for him, does he have, like, other undead creatures in there, like, lesser vampires, right, um, I think that would be a good way, um, anything, any ideas from you, Chris, about how you would use them?
2: Um, I don't know, I kind of read through this, and it says that they usually assume the guise of nobility, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't, Know how else to use vampires because I don't normally think of just like I always think of them as a little bit sophisticated. Yeah. Like I don't think of them as just they're like cunning, blood. And they're smart. Yeah. I don't think of them as like blood crazed, like just madmen running around sucking everybody's blood like in the alleyways or whatever. Like yeah, there's that element of them, but they're also just like they're usually smart. They're usually well composed. I mean, you can usually pick out a vampire if you look at them i mean they don't cast a shadow they don't have reflections stuff like that like you can usually pick them out but i think using them in the way of nobility um is probably the way i would go about using them yeah
1: i think it's i think it's hard part of the hard thing about that cuz i like that too is um if you if you go into it with the players knowing you're going to do a horror campaign and they go up to a a creepy mansion, a big yeah. castle, and you have this dude who's, like, elegant and noble, answer the door. Um, I feel like most players are going to go, he's
2: a vampire, yeah. I know
1: it. And as soon as one player even says it, because yeah. you know that one player is going to, and then you're going to give him the death glare. Like, dude, why'd you have to <sighs> yeah, spoil it for everybody that? else? But, and especially... They're gonna know if you answer the door and go, "Blah, you know, <laughs> <"Bluh."> <laughs> welcome." <laughs> like, yeah, Transylvania. I love to, I love to count. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's you have to be sly. Um, you could introduce them like
2: you do any other NPC, but you just yeah. don't give it away that maybe, they're a vampire. You maybe know? you
1: do. Maybe you pull a twist on the the snotty players who think they know everything. Maybe. Maybe the noble man is not the vampire, maybe the the staff of the mansion. The butler vampires, or something like that. Something like that.
2: Um, the butler has a gaze cast yeah, upon that. I, know, I like, like
1: the show supernatural and yeah, they are I've not never nobles in that. Like yeah. they're they're like what you just said, they're like animalistic, like, like yeah. and, and the, I guess I'm I guess I'm wrong. There are like vampire lords in it. And they're sure. the nobles. So they have, they have best of both worlds. Um and I like what they call like a group of vampires like where they live in that, like a hive. A oh, Hive yeah. of vampires. Yeah. I think of like Blade Two, like the Blade. Yeah, movies, they, that the was Blade a big Converse. thing in there too. They're not they're not noble in that. They're like they're creepy it, like evil and they're evil animalistic like vampires. Yeah. And so both both can be really good. Um you got the charismatic nobles and you got just the Blood sucking monsters. Yeah, and the the thing is, even the nobles. I think when you when you find out their true nature, that's when they're animals. Yeah, I think sucking. they always have that. They're just yep. a little bit more sophisticated yep. about they it. They like to hide behind yeah.
2: um,
1: the nobility of yep. it.
2: um So what what to you? I mean, we've talked a little bit about what vampires are, how they might fit into society. What makes them so scary? uh Two words, Chris. <laughs> Energy drain, yeah. negative levels yeah. for players. <laughs>
1: uh, any player that gets told, uh, "Oh, what is it, a fortitude save?" Yeah, didn't make to, yeah, the fortitude to save. Count, yeah. You lost the level. That I mean, that is awful. Like I, if I sit in the player seat, I'm like, I don't want to have to figure out even what that is. Like with my sheet, like you can, just, you can get it back. Terrible. You can, but I don't even want to have to try and figure it no, out. No, no. <laughs> like, Oh, energy drain is awful. They are scary. Yeah,
2: and the vampire gains, what was it, what did I say, five temporary hit points or something like that on top of that? Like, for every level that they suck from you, they 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 gain five extra health points. They have a
1: slew of different kinds of powers. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They have, you were talking about domination, and they can just basically just make you come to them. Yeah,
2: (laughs) within 30 feet they look at you. And you have to make a DC of 14 save uh, in order, a a will save, in order to not be dominant. Like, they basically just be like, come here, I'm going to suck your blood. And you're just like, okay. And that's
1: that, like, that's that creepy, like, charismaticness to that, to those, the vampires. Just like... You, they're like charismatic to a creepy degree. Like, that it's like you as the player, like, your player might know, like, no, I don't want to, but no, your character in game. He has to. He he feels compelled with yeah. <laughs> his whole being yeah. that he wants like, to. Like, can, <laughs> can you imagine? To this count. Can you imagine if
2: you were in the mansion or something like that and somebody, like,. Wandered off by themselves, and the count's just there, and all of a sudden it's just like he's by himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. bam! Here's there you go, and then one of your guys is just gone. Like, we always you know joke,
1: it. man, about like how as a player I can be annoying because I am always like, dude. Let's split the party. Because I love it. It's fun. Yeah,
2: every single time.
1: I won't want to do that in a vampire's mansion. (laughs) I will not want to do that. But if you don't
2: know it's a vampire's mansion...
1: (laughs) That's how how you'll punish me as the DM when I'm playing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Guess what, Mitch? You've wandered into a vampire.
2: I might not even be a part of the plan, but you split the party in a mansion, he's going to be a vampire. There you go. So there's domination. I mean, there's there's also one called fast healing that's mm -hmm. really... uh, I mean, it's not... It's not scary, but it's just more annoying where they regain two health points every single round. Yep. Like, no matter how badly they were injured, they regain you know, two hits of health uh, every single time. Um, they have hide in plain sight. Yeah, hide in plain um, sight when they is, get into higher levels and stuff like that. Just, which is,
1: they just creep. They just yeah. creep up on you, and yep. they
2: take you when you're unsuspecting.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think for me, one of the things that I like about uh, D&D lore and lore that's not... Twilight and all this other Twilight inspired junk is vampires in like old style lore, like they're just evil. Yeah. They don't have all this like, oh there's good vampires. They don't wanna bite people. Yeah. Like they they have sparkly, beautiful skin. Like, I hate that crap. Yeah. Like they, Once they're vampires, they're, they're, they're vampires. So, yeah, there's so much They're like, giving into their carnal. There's so much bad, like novels and and movies today that have made Everybody hate vampires. Yeah, um, and I understand that, but like vampires, like we're talking about D and D. Vampires are cool. Yeah, they're vampires they're are awesome. scary. Like yeah. I would not want to go up against one of these things. And and like you you read in the monster manuals, it says alignment always, always evil. evil. They're yeah. not they're not thinking about like maybe I shouldn't do this.
2: Maybe there's maybe, some sort of there's some shred yeah. of humanity left yeah, in me. No,
1: they're evil. They and that's we talked about the like charismatic vampires. They might come off as really nice when you don't know what they're really doing, but no, they're evil. Yeah, they are just flat yeah. out evil, and that is scary. Yep. to me. Yep. Um, they're either going to do one of two things: they're going to kill you and suck you dry, or they're going to turn you. Yeah. <laughs> one of two things is going to happen. Either of those is terrible. Yep. Oh, uh, well, I have a couple of other attributes of vampires written down here. Uh, that can be really f- scary. The fact that they're immortal. Yeah, like, they don't die. Until your players kill them. Right, yeah. Rap, yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, like, they, they can be creatures that are, like, thousands, maybe ten thousands of years old. Yeah. Um, so they're, like, they're going to be smart. They're going to be, like, cunning. Yep. Uh, they, and, and, ooh, I didn't even think about this, but how, like, think about that in, like, role-playing terms. What if, like, you play a campaign where uh, a certain vampire is hunted by the group because they've killed like that group's family members of so the like yeah. they're like grandfather, they're like fathers they're like mothers like like these things are have lived forever they yeah. could just be like
2: plaguing it's their a generational family. serial killer yeah <laughs> um,
1: ooh and then at the end you find out that it's not that he killed your grandfather
2: it is your it grandfather. is your grandfather <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah like they're they're like. They're moral, which makes them even more creepy. Yeah. Um and makes it even a greater sense of accomplishment when your players hopefully do kill that hopefully. vampire. Yeah. Um there's they they have super senses. Like I mean if you look at it like it's it's reflected in their stats. Like what is their what is their spot and listen? It's like it's pretty crazy. Ah, uh, yeah, like,
2: spot is seventeen. Uh, listen to 17. Yeah, like they're ridiculously like, high. You're
1: not sneaking out. Like,
2: you, you cannot, like... Like, good luck. Like automatically do, starting a 17, awesome. like, you can't fail. Like, yeah. you automatically get a 17 every time, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. They're, yeah.
1: they have super strength. They yeah, their have strength is a 22, We You like, talked about regeneration. These things are creepy. Yeah. Uh, now, like, we talked about vampire, vampires and vampire lords a little bit, like, Vampire Lords are, like, even scarier, like, um, I brought up Supernatural, and, like, the Vampire Lords in that are, like, the vampires themselves are afraid of the vampire lords. Yeah. Like, usually, the best vampire lord is the vampire lord that treats the other vampires like second-class trash. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you work for me, yeah. you're trash, yep. and all the other vampires are like, yeah, 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 dude, yeah we are. <laughs> like I am petrified of you. When those vampires are afraid of the vampire lord, you know that you have to be afraid that of them. They take that
2: like vampire. the domination glare to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's and just, it's just
1: like, the Vampire Lords should be that, probably the oldest, I would say, and, like, they don't even look at it, like, as in killing anymore, I feel like they look at it, like, as a, like, almost like a game, in a sense, like, oh, like, I'm just so bored I've been alive for so long, like, don't plead for your life, this is so beneath me, like, I don't want to deal with this, like, Vampire Lords are scary as heck, um, I also have I also have here written down what something I want to talk about. Now I know I've talked about it a couple times like supernatural, but I think supernatural has some sweet vampire lore. Um there's these servants of vampires in supernatural. Yeah. I don't know if this is in other lore, but like uh one of my favorite like things is there's like humans that work for vampires in like the show. Yeah. And I think that'd be sweet um to put into like your D&D campaign because humans um, can walk around during the day. Humans don't have, like, sharp teeth, um, double agents. And so, like, these humans, like, will work for the vampires because the vampires, some humans, like, some humans, like, want to be vampires. I mean, there's, like, it's it's a curse, but you live forever, and to some people, that might be, like, a, appealing um, until they find out that Right <laughs> live forever right. sucks. But, yeah, like, how how great of a campaign... Would it be when you have, like, humans in the city that are working for vampires, and you have to find out who these humans are, um, yeah.
2: That'd be, oh, gosh. You can have... Humans working for vampires? And
1: and vampires have classes, too, if we're talking about D&D. Yeah. A vampire wizard, how scary is that? What if they have a flesh golem servant? <laughs> <laughs> you're walking. You're trying to creep through their, dun- their dungeon, their castle, their mansion. And they don't what, even have to put themselves in danger. They yeah. just use the flesh golem. That is that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So how do you how do you fight these things? How do your players fight these things? What do you give to the players in order for them to be able to fight these? Well,
2: extremely high levels would, well, yeah. would help. <laughs> it better
1: be at some. Yeah. You don't want to I mean, start a, You don't want to have a campaign where they're fighting vampires at first level they won't survive. No, like, they won't. It just won't they happen.
2: They won't. With all of the energy I mean what happens if you energy drain a level 1 person <laughs> do they just right? die? They just die.
1: <laughs> like well I'm would, pretty sure if they use the attack all, that energy drain on a level 1 character that they would just Yeah, die. they so would it just be die. Yeah.
2: Um I know in the lore it about they talk talks a lot about garlic how it's repulsive yep. to them. Why um, is
1: that? Do you know like I, n- I guess I don't. I, I've never
2: really I never looked, really looked it, it up. Understood. But yeah. And
1: and uh, yeah. If you want to go completely by lore, garlic. Yeah. Um. I probably would shy away from that. I know I've seen like a movie or two where like somebody's like been chased by a vampire, so they go get like garlic and they like throw it at the vampire, and the vampire just looks at it as like, "Oh, you believe that old story? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, you could that, have like that. It's like one of
2: like, those myth like, things or yeah. whatever. So yeah. You
1: can you could have yeah you could have garlic be a weakness you could have it not be a weakness. Um, yep. Holy symbols, um, especially if a cleric is carrying it, like yep. they—they're known to um, retract from those. Yep. They don't like it's kind of like you're um, shining a really light, uh, really hardcore light at them, and it hurts. Them. Yeah, they um, can't
2: cross water.
1: Yeah, they can't cross. So if you can get to order. a river, get yeah. to a river,
2: <laughs> just like wading the river. Yeah, right.
1: right. <laughs> like, <just laughs> keep, yeah, going along with that, like I, I found this really interesting. With at least with D and D lore, um, they can they can travel into public places as much as they want, but when it comes to a private home or uh, just a private building, uh, they cannot enter into those places unless they're invited in, um, which is. Which adds to that charismatic, um, trickery aspect. Um so you're not like a vampire in D and D lore can't just like turn to a bat, fly in the window, right and suck your blood. Right. Like they ca I, I, I suppose they could uh, I I don't know if they could do that in a tavern because the rooms are private. But they can go Probably into not. public places yeah, because can... the idea is it's public, so they yeah. are invited in by society. But yeah, private right. homes—they got to be invited in. And so, uh, in in a world plagued by vampires, in a in a city or whatever that has vampires, known vampires, like you just you have a society in which people no one trusts anybody, right? right? Which kind of adds to that hard yeah. like campaign setting. Yeah.
2: One thing that um, I was just reading through the monster manual when read, I I always thought that when if you just stabbed a vampire in the heart mm-hmm. with a wooden stake, it died, you actually have to leave it in there. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, Cause yeah. Because if you pull it out. Because
2: if you pull it out, yeah. it starts to regenerate its health yep. again. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I've... I don't know what... I don't know what uh, I was watching. Maybe it was in Blade and that happened that somebody, like, takes out a stake from, it, like, a vampire that it was dead for, like, hundreds of years yeah. and they just come back. Yeah, like... And that's... That's... Like, you... You're like, alright, he's... He's incapacitated... For now, like yeah. nobody touched this guy, yeah, <laughs> but well, if it's up, but yeah, if it's a powerful vampire, Lord, like you're gonna imagine that there may be vampires that try and find him wherever you hide him, or whatever, like don't just stake him and leave him because they're probably if that vampire comes back, he's coming back for you, yeah,
2: well, they said. It also says, like, a common thing is to cut off the head. Yeah. And to, like, put, like, religious symbols all around it so that <laughs> so we can get there you. There Yeah, uh, I feel like you
1: stake a vampire, you better bring it down to the sun and let it burn. Because, like, I think in a lot of lore, they just burn right up yeah, in sunlight. Yeah, So that's, I guess that's or how you like, want to take care in, of that.
2: Once again, in the Dungeons & Dragons lore, like, if you put them in running water, it will yeah. ultimately destroy them. It takes yeah. away, like, a third of their health points until they're down to nothing, and then the next round after that, it just destroys them. Like, <laughs> That's it's such a like foreign
1: concept to like D and D play. Like it's like, all right, I reduced him to zero. I don't even need to worry about the like other points because he's bleeding out. He's dead. Next enemy, like oh crap, we need to like take care of this yeah. body. Like. Well, because
2: vampires also have gaseous form. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Nope. So it's like they go down to zero they turn into their gash state and wander back to their coffin <laughs> you know uh once they're there they have an hour i think it was yep. it's, it's 1 hour they give they regain one health point and then their fast healing starts to go for every round and then they're back up to you know full so it's like you could you could literally like go through this dungeon get all the way down to the bottom kill this thing you see it go back into its you know it wanders off in its gash state and before you get out of the dungeon it's like Hey, where you, where you guys think you're door. going? Standing yeah. at the door, like how freaking annoying would that oh be? Gosh. You know, like
1: good job beating the boss.
2: Yeah, now you gotta beat him again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hey, you guys uh, remember the stake, right? Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh.
1: that's so awful. Yeah. yeah, vampires are vampires are scary. Um, don't use them in low level campaigns, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they could be a great a great main enemy. Like, Four. one
2: one is probably enough for a battle. Uh, like, Unless you're doing, like, really higher-level battles. Yeah, levels. add a couple of um, Which
1: might be sweet. Do a hive, like, with the vampire lord at the end,
2: but... Once you start losing levels, you're screwed, but... <laughs> you <yeah>. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, let's talk about werewolves. Yeah, let's do it. So you can use werewolves a lot of different ways in um, a campaign. Uh, one of the... Probably one of my favorite ways to use it is uh, in a sort of mystery-type um, way. Uh, there's killings going around town. Um, maybe maybe they don't even know it's a werewolf. Maybe people are just being attacked and uh, the town guard believes that it's animal attacks. And so you have to figure out, you and your, your players have to figure out um, who's killing these people. Now, one of the things is you have to figure out who this werewolf is. Um, and during the day... That's not when you're going to be able to like really um, catch them in the act at the very least. Why is best. that? Uh, because during the day, they're not werewolves.
2: <laughs> and unlike vampires, they don't give off any signs yeah. of them being a werewolf. Yep.
1: Um, and so the mystery can be uh, a really good way to have uh, that campaign. Like, who's the werewolf? Is it more than one werewolf? Um, track these people down. Um, deal with the situation. What are some other ways?
2: So you could have somebody who is the person that is the reluctant werewolf, who it's like he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, was bit by a werewolf, and now is stuck with this problem. And he comes to you, and he's like, I, I don't want to have this problem. Or he like, doesn't come to you. Yeah, or and he doesn't like come to you. You hunt
1: him down thinking that this is somebody malicious. And and you catch him he's, after he's done what, everything. What if he's like a coward? Like, yeah. And he's just like, he's afraid of like being caught, because like, he's just like, he's like... I, my my life is messed up now. I can't do <laughs> like, anything about this. Yeah, you know? like, like every night I wake up in the middle of the woods, naked and covered in
0: blood. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then I
2: have to find my way back home without anybody <laughs> seeing.
1: Yeah, me, like know? that's that's it's it's a terrible situation. And so, do you kill him? Do you kill him? Do you let him go? Like, do you help him? You help is that, him? like the next like quest line after yeah. you figure out who this werewolf is? Yeah. Or do you just take him out? Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a good it's a good thing for. Players and um, for anybody who's DM before, you know the players never do what you want them to do. Yeah. So be prepared for both instances, yeah. both choices. Yeah. Um, you could have a campaign uh, set on finding finding a pack of wolves, werewolves that are hunting down local villagers yep. uh, when they leave the village, um, and so you have to hunt them down. Just take care of all the werewolves. Maybe there's a werewolf lord. Ruling over them, yeah, um, they are pretty crazy as well. Yeah, um, and yeah, one thing, talking about the reluctant werewolf, talking about um, how for most people, I would say it's not a like, all right, I'm a werewolf now. Like, yeah, looking like looking at it, and like if that was a real world thing, nobody would want to be a werewolf. No. however, <laughs> when it comes to players at the table. My experience is that somebody thinks it's awesome. Somebody wants to go. Somebody goes. My character is awesome. You know what would make him even <laughs> more awesome? If he was a werewolf. Well,
2: because in Skyrim, what happens? Sky- you can become Sky- a werewolf. Skyrim, it's the and it is the coolest the thing ever. The cons are
1: almost nothing yeah. compared to like the pros. And so, as a DM, be prepared. Know that a player might not say it. But might put himself constantly in the way of hoping to get bit. Yeah. Um. They might want to be a werewolf. They might want to deal with that. And that's not to say that it won't be fun. Like it's how ha- we talked about story time. Like how it happened in my campaign. It was a blast. Yeah. Um. But you need to. I think. Uh, and I guess you don't need to. Like you can. You can have a s- campaign where it's a great thing. But like my inclination. Uh, was, when a character became a werewolf, I made it suck. Yeah. Like, it's like the he worst could not in be the world. trusted, he was not in control of himself, he was in danger to the group, like, yep. it was not good when he became a werewolf. And so, it became like, uh, we need to fix you right now. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> Um, So, why are werewolves scary? You mentioned uh, a little bit about it um, when we were talking about the mystery of finding the wolf, but like, they're scary because during the day, like in human form
2: You can't tell who they are. You
1: really yeah, you they're they could seem I unless you like are walking in the woods and you see somebody like walk out of the woods and he's covered in blood and naked. Yeah. <laughs> like that
2: might give it away. Yeah. Like
1: there's been werewolf attacks. You're naked and covered in blood like they can hide it, like put two they, and two together mm-hmm. and
2: there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's
1: it that can be a scary aspect like during the daytime there's no distinguishing traits really in, in about who is a werewolf in their human form. Yep. Um they're also unlike unlike even vampires who uh you could maybe reason with to an extent werewolves Yeah, are, maybe when if they you turn,
2: maybe if you make your DC check you might be able to reason <laughs> with them like a vampire, but with werewolves it's like they are they are they're Bend not going to stop the destruction. Yeah, no. They're going
1: to be on top of you, ripping you to shreds.
2: Yeah.
1: Going for your jugular. Yeah, there is no they i talking to. They're animalistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. There also, we talked about how, uh, at least from the lore that we know, werewolves are fast. Yeah. Now, D&D has um, yeah, it says three forms.
2: Yeah, it says there, there's the, the, the regular human form, yeah. which if they're human, they have 30-foot movement speed. There's the wolf form, like, full yep. wolf form. They can either do half wolf, half human, or full wolf. Yep. Uh, they have 50-foot movement speed, which is pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't outrun that as a human. But then you get to the hybrid form, and this is where we had a little bit of a problem. Yeah. Where no, it was like... Classic in, D&D. It says 30 feet. 30
1: feet. So the same thing as the yeah. regular human form. Yep. I know you and me both like, like the lore where werewolf changes into a werewolf. And they're fast. Yeah. Like, like, you should be
2: scared when you're on a horse. Type yeah. Like, we, yeah.
1: we were talking about, like, Skyrim. We like the werewolf. Yeah. That, like, once you become a werewolf in that, you don't need a horse, because you're faster than the horse. Yeah. Like, maybe you don't have to be faster than the horse, but it should be faster than the regular human.
2: Yeah. Um, well, because so, I, I said to you, I was like, what's to stop somebody if they see a werewolf, like, in a field somewhere? Yeah. And they're just like, oh, crap. I better turn around and run away at thirty <laughs> feet and stay the same distance from yeah. them the whole time, and you know? D- like
1: he rules only. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna constantly just be ahead of them. Yeah. Like just <laughs> Oh Well, you keep running. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I think that we both said we'd like to in in our campaigns, if we come into werewolf contact and I have done it before and the werewolves I changed the werewolves around. I yeah. I added the stats a bit, but May, we would both make them faster I think I think maybe
2: form. the same speed as as a wolf or pretty darn close yeah. to it is yep. probably
1: because I mean maybe the 30foot movement makes sense when they're standing up but I imagine I think of a werewolf also getting down on in its yeah. hybrid form and like running like, yeah like barreling at you um, yep. and I imagine them to be faster yeah um, speaking about like why are they scary uh, vampires talked about how they're afraid of um, religious artifacts, Gar-like. like cru- crucifix, yep. holy water, uh, not werewolves. Yeah, werewolves, werewolves are not scared are not of any of, of that, that stuff. stuff. Um, and probably the most scary part about a werewolf um, is well, I guess I guess that's not true. Uh, one of the most scariest part about a werewolf is the fact that um, werewolf attacks and you might be attacked by you a You have pack. to
2: make it. Yeah, yeah, you... <laughs> but yeah,
1: that's what I'm thinking. Maybe the
2: scariest part is you might contract, like, and throw me. <laughs> yeah, you have to make a DC save of 15. Don't get in bit. order. Yeah. Well, and the, the other part is is anytime they bite you, they also have an automatic free action to trip you. Yep. So it's like you get bit. It's not like anything else that bites you. You can, like, get away from it. It's like it bites you, it can trip you and then it's on top of you and you have nowhere to go. Like, that's scary. And it's kind of like what we talked about with the vampire. Like, they're going to eat you
1: or turn you. Yeah. And from what I know of, like, werewolf lore,
2: uh, they're going to eat you. Yeah, I don't think they care if you get away. if you get lucky and only get a bite, then or if concerned. it's like the end of the night or something like that. But
1: it, most most werewolf lore, it's not like the werewolves are out trying to increase their number. No. They're out to feed. Yeah, they are um, out to get food. Werewolves spread because people get lucky and get away. Yeah. If you can call that luck. <laughs> yeah. Because then your life is pretty much screwed. That's not luck. Um and so we talked about how to fight vampires. How do you fight werewolves? I think the two main weaknesses that um come up a lot is uh, silver is the obvious yeah. one. Yeah. Um So uh, you you're in a place where werewolves are common. You better invest in that silver sword. Yep. In that uh, silver arrows. Like you better like be ready with silver. Because yep. if you don't have silver, you're not gonna be doing a whole lot to those werewolves. And the other thing is wolfsbane. Um, it, they do not like wolfsbane. Uh, some lords uses a cure, like I talked about with my campaign. Um, those are those are probably the two biggest um, ways to fight
2: werewolves, or get a griffin and shoot it from the sky. There you go. <laughs> be
1: smart. Yeah, be May, smart. Use a big net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and so I found this on the internet, and I thought we'd go through this really quick. Uh, the signs of a werewolf. Um, how to tell if your friend is a werewolf. So uh, <laughs> uh, if your friend, uh. if If you have a friend that acts strangely during a full moon, watch out for these signs of a werewolf. Do you want to take turns? Yeah, we can do that. All right, so number one. uh, If you happen to be in the same room as the suspect on a night of a full moon, watch what they are doing. If they start to pace and prowl around the room as the sun goes down, be careful if they start to walk on all (laughs)
0: fours.
2: (laughs) Number two werewolves have or werewolves know they are dangerous and try to get family and friends away if they if the suspect begs you to leave you know they are a werewolf yeah, that's
1: that's a good that's
2: a good indicator i know that was one of the indicators
1: that uh we talked about in story time jared started to pick up on like yeah. our other buddy was like dude get away from get me away. I need, leave Go me alone away. in the room don't yep. open it yep. um number 3 uh, in the hours before they change werewolves gain acute hearing Animal strength and a heightened sense of smell.
2: Notice a mile away that you can smell your mom's cooking. Get away from that thing. <laughs> uh, one is look at the fingernails. Werewolves have reddish almond-shaped nails and may have a nail as hard as the claw of a wolf on their left thumb. And so I guess I guess, this is
1: D&D lore is that they don't have any distinguishable yeah. things, but these are some things that in other lore, and so maybe you want to change it a little, yep. like we would change the speed... And have some of these make actually, it a little bit like they're little signs that you really need to look for. Yeah, yeah. Um, number five, werewolves have very broad hands. Also, look at the third finger. I've heard this one before. Third finger, if it is unusually long, watch out. So, like the third finger is apparently a little bit longer than
2: the other ones. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I'm looking at my hand hands right now. I
1: think it's like it's
2: like it's like unusually long, long. I believe. Yeah. Well. I'm thinking no matter which way you count from, your middle finger is always your third finger. Yeah, I'm, I'm a so dummy. So it's like I'm thinking it's like yeah. It's like abnormally long. Yep, yep. Like if it's got like an extra knuckle length, be careful. Yeah. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> all right, uh, number six. Being a werewolf is exhausting, and so they are pale and tired looking at a day after a full moon.
1: Uh, number seven. Werewolves also are very thirsty after a full moon.
2: Makes sense. They've been out running and yeah. killing all night. Yeah. Uh, number eight, werewolves have long, swinging strides like that of a prowling wolf. Is that, does that mean when they're humans they have long strides? I, it... I guess so. According to this apparently. list, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean. Um, number nine. Um, finally, uh, and this this is, says is a not very helpful Russian tip. Uh, look under the tongue of the suspect. To see if the tongue has bristles. I think like that's
2: like some like drunk Russian guy who's had too much old, vodka. Like good old Russians thinks he's thinks he's like <laughs> a werewolf friend or something like that, and lifts his friend's tongue up.
1: Now we're gonna go to ghosts in a second, but I just realized something that I we've talked about, and I kind of want to hit on with werewolves before we go on. Um, we've talked about. How in D and D it's a standard action, I believe, for the werewolf to change forms. Yeah. Oh, Uh, yeah.
2: We did talk about this.
1: Do we? Do you like that? I know we've talked about Chris. Do you like? Do you like the stick? Because we uh, a round is six seconds. Um, so a standard action is three seconds. Yeah, that's a quick. That's a quick change. Now I know you talk. I know you're a Twilight lover. Oh. Uh, (laughs) And you said in Twilight it's like that, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's like like...
2: instantaneous. Yeah. Um, I don't. Um, Particularly because I tend to be more on the side of people don't enjoy being a werewolf. Yeah. And like, I think it was, was it the movie Wolfman where they had him change for a really long time? Like, and you see the guy is like, like you can see the shadow of the guy turning, it's like agonizing, like it's painful, like being a werewolf should not be a fun thing. Like, if it was a quick change, like, people might want to do it more often, mm-hmm. you know, if if it was controllable anyways. Um, but I don't... I, I'm i not a huge fan of it being a quick transformation that's, like, painless. Yeah. I like, like, changing the shape, idea. ripping out of your skin should yeah. be painful. I like the
1: idea of it being a disease, a curse. Yeah. Um, you change, and I like it being a... Like it doesn't it doesn't have to last five minutes, but it should last like at least like at least I feel like thirty seconds. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you you see like um, bones changing places. You might even hear like bones
2: like snapping cracking and, and snapping yeah.
1: snapping back into different places. Uh, growing hair, muscles like growing bigger. Uh, the snout reaching out, teeth enlarging, like. It's, it's not, like, supposed to be a, a pretty thing. And, yeah, I, like, some people might like the quick change. I like the agonizing, like, painful, like... I almost like there to be a couple of seconds where, while the person is changing, they might be with a group, and they're like, Go! Get away! Run! Yeah. <laughs> like, like, has that last couple words, like, like just, like, he's hitting over, like, like the nearest, like, bowl as he on the table because he's, like, falling and stumbling. Yeah. Like, that's what I
2: like. Or, I mean, you could also say the opposite of that. Is there could be that, like, frightening moment where it's, like, you just change, like, instantaneously and you're next to a whole group of people and all of a sudden there's this werewolf. <laughs> like, it's <a>, like <laughs> holy crap! <laughs> like, what yeah. the heck? Yeah,
1: I, think of a, I think of a mutated... Hulking out, kind of. Thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like, I like the. I don't really like the quick change werewolf. Yeah. And in my, in my campaigns, I've used the. You have a little bit of time. Um, you're losing control as you're changing, but you, you can kind of sense that change coming. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's let's talk about ghosts for a
2: little bit. To be a hundred percent honest, I did not think ghosts were this scary <laughs> before we started looking at this section. Um. So Mitch, as we start to talk about ghosts, how is a way that we could use them?
1: Um, So one of the things that when I was thinking about how to use ghosts and great ways to use them, I came up with this brilliant idea. I haven't used this idea before. I'm sure that there are uh, dungeon masters out there that have used this, but I thought it sounded like, oh, that'd be sweet. Um, Bringing ghosts into your campaign, why don't you bring back Characters from past campaigns that are now dead and that have become ghosts. You can even bring back players' characters as ghosts and have them interact now with the new player characters, Um, and so they can be ghosts that um, you know they have their own agendas. Uh, The book talks about how ghosts retain a lot of the times they retain their former life, the way that they acted in their former life. Um, the areas that they're in, uh, what they do, and so you can bring back previous characters from past campaigns and use them as ghosts in a new campaign. What are some other ways?
2: Uh, you can, you know, bring them back in haunted mansions, roaming the halls. Yep. You know, classic we, haunted mansion yep, ghosts. Yep, haunted mansions. You know, castle. It could be a city. City. No, yeah. no City's pun intended. Ghosts. But ghost towns. Ghosted like towns. I mean, you could. You do all sorts of stuff. I mean, you have to wander through this city that, you know, last you knew was still inhabited, and something happened, and it's all full of ghosts now. Um, And you have to figure out either what caused it, how to get rid of it, or just avoid it at all costs. Um,
1: There's um, uh, some ghost lore has, like a ghost, actually a lot of ghost lore has that ghosts are tied to something
2: in... Object of some sort. Yeah, in
1: the real world. So, like you're saying, like Haunted Mansion, uh, Ghost Town, uh, Castle, like, a ghost might be tied to that, like, mansion or castle or a place in that town. Um, and so, like, you, once you enter, you've entered into their domain. That goes along with objects, too. Um, a great way you can use um, ghosts in your campaign is... Um, We all know that players can be greedy for loot. Yep. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's understandable, but uh, I love a good cursed item. Well, what if an item is, like, linked to a ghost? Yeah. A player doesn't know that. Well, if they pick up an item that's linked to a ghost... What's gonna happen? That ghost is going to be with them wherever they go. It's yep. going to be haunting them wherever they go. And so unless it's like, a friendly ghost. <laughs> I mean if it's friendly, like ghost, it's still gonna be haunting them. Yeah, it's, it's just still gonna be like, annoying. I wanna
0: hang out with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey friend. <laughs>
1: but yeah, so it's uh I think that's a great way to like have a ghost in a campaign.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean it could it could also be a like a spirit that's out for vengeance. Yeah. Like, it needs, it has something that it needs to write before it can go away or something that it needs to get back at somebody for. Unfinished um, business. Gets, unfinished business, yeah. Um, or it could be as simple as they just need help passing on. Like, yep. they either haven't come to terms with something that happened in life, they haven't come to terms with their own death. I mean, it could be multitudes of different things, and they just just need help passing out. We talked
1: about how, like, vampires are always evil. Well, ghosts aren't always evil. Sometimes, ghosts, like we said, they retain, like, a lot from their past life, and so, it might be a good spirit that needs help in a campaign. So,
2: um... So, what is it that makes ghosts scary? Uh, I think, one, ghosts, uh, there's a sense of the unnatural. You have no idea what they are. Uh, they didn't exactly move on from their past life. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about, like, you can bring back past characters that you may have had in other campaigns. Well, what made them not move on from this world? You know, like, that that could be one of the things that makes them so scary. There's
1: that sense that we talked about of unfinished business or, like you said, they didn't pass on. Like, I think most ghost lore is, like, they're not supposed to be here right, like, right so why are they here
2: um, most spirits are supposed to move on they're not supposed to stick around <laughs> and not be here. they're just a yeah.
1: frightening presence to see you look yeah. like you just seen a ghost yeah,
2: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> um, another thing is just the fact that when you're when you see a ghost and you're playing D&D and you're in battle like they're incorporeal so you can't like like you can't hit them with your
2: normal weapons Yeah, the they're normal, gonna, right you to your swing Probably because you're scared, <laughs> and you're gonna hit nothing. Yeah, so. but wasn't it wasn't in the, like the movie Casper or something. They like eat the food and it just falls right through them. Yeah. like you literally, <laughs> yep. they can't even eat normal food yep. like anymore. They but, can,
1: they can pick up objects. Yeah, they can pick up them. objects, yep. but you can't hurt
2: them with yep. anything unless it's you know magical. But we'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, so some statistics that make them absolutely scary. Uh, we talked about, or what we will talk about. Um, one of their abilities that they have, uh, is malevolence, which they can move in between here and the material plane, like they can just, boop, pop in and out of, of different planes, um, they can, uh, have horrific appearance is another one, uh, they, uh, they that's he, when, like, as soon as they appear, yeah, it's like, like oh my god, you have, have to roll, roll a save. Yeah, will save, right? Yeah, you, yep, you have no, you have to succeed a fortitude save, a fortitude or, save, or immediately take one d four points of strength damage, one d point four points of dexterity damage, and one d four points of constitution damage. Yeah. ridiculously crazy. crazy. Uh, and it says a creature that successfully uh, saves against this effect cannot be affected by the same ghost horrific appearance for twenty four hours. So mm-hmm. if you don't save from it. That sucks for you because you take a whole bunch of damage. If you do, it's like, well, you can't be scared by this creature because you've already seen it for the next 24 hours. Yeah. Um, so there's there's some more. Um, what was the other one that we were talking about? Oh, Draining Touch. This yeah. is crazy. Uh, it says, a ghost that hits a living target with its incorporeal touch attack drains 1d4 points from any one ability score it selects. <laughs> uh, Anything like that. Like, we talked about the vampires. Like... Uh, just, like, sucking the level
1: out of the character, like, anything like that is just awful in yeah. Monsters, and just makes them so, to the players, so frightening. Um, and, like, to me, when I'm playing the game, that is more frightening just because that's a sense of, now I have to do math and figure stuff yeah.
2: out, it's like, yeah. oh, I don't yeah. well, want that to too, do, it's do like, this. Well, that, too, it's just another way that it can kill you, too, because, yeah. like, if it starts draining, you're, like, I don't know, constitution ability score, it's like, you get to zero, you're dead, so it's like, you can die from that, or you can die from taking, uh, too much health, you know, getting hit too much, and your health points go to zero, or, well, go to negative (laughs) ten, or whatever it is, but, you know, it's like, there's that, there's that extra sense of, like, I can die more than one way now from this creature, more than just taking health points, and you, there's no health potion for your ability scores, like, I mean, it's, you take that damage, and you take that damage until you can recover it. You know it, it absolutely sucks. Um, anything else that you're seeing about this that you wanna you wanna share? Well, the the uh, I knew
1: that they had some kind of attack or something that like s- scared people, and it says frightful moan. They emit a frightful moan as a standard action, and everyone who's within a thirty foot spread uh, must succeed a will save, or they become panicked for two d four rounds. And it's just like, like, that's, that's perfect when I think of, like, a ghost, like, because whenever you watch, like, any kind of movie or TV show and there's ghosts, like, people don't like, hey, look at that, there's a ghost over there, whatever, no, they yeah. like, they get freaked out. And even for the, like, the adventurer, like, like we said, this is an, uh, this is an
2: unnatural sight. Yeah. Um, this like, skeletons not... are one thing, like,
1: I mean, that's... <laughs>
2: right? Like,
1: skeletons... Skeletons are one thing, <laughs> like whatever, it's whatever, a skeleton, no big deal. <laughs> but spooky, scary, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But then you got a uh, you got ghosts,
2: and that is like it's just they're frightful. Yeah, they can pass s- through walls. I mean, they can do all sorts. So of So you got to make that world
1: save, or you're going to be freaking yeah, out, yeah, yeah, running for around for like a out. chicken so, with your head cut off. I out. mean, that's yep. that to me is that can mess you up for uh, already difficult encounter. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's definitely scary. Um, also. Um, What happens, we talked about this with, like, haunted objects and stuff like that, but, like, ghosts can be scary because what if a ghost decides that it's time to haunt either the place that you're living in or an object that you have and just decides time to haunt you? Yeah, right. It (laughs) specifically targets you. Like, I mean, think about that in a role-playing sense as a DM. If you were, like, were to plant a... An object on a not plant, but like somehow the hey maybe plant, but somehow the player characters get um, an object on them that's haunted by a ghost. Um, well, you can have them in the middle of battle and something goes wrong, like that they weren't planning. Maybe they're trying to uh, trying to make an attack and they roll and they're like, oh yeah, that's gonna hit, and then all of a sudden it totally doesn't hit, and you're like, they're like, what the heck? It like, could be like the ghost messes with them. It starts moving their stuff around. Yeah. Like uh, they, you know, it could. There's all sorts of ideas you could have with a ghost haunting uh, you. That they're going to have to eventually figure out if you don't want to just shove a ghost in their face. That we're being haunted, and that can be super like scary. And if you're a player, that can be, that can be super yeah. frustrating. Yeah. But yeah, you're like you're like this DM's a jerk, man. He just keeps like. Tell me, I don't have my stuff and stuff. <laughs> but it's like, no, you're you're haunted by ghosts. Yeah,
2: just you're, yeah, yet, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So uh, they're freaking scary. We can we can establish that. So how do we go about fighting them then? Uh, one thing
1: that you mentioned before uh, was magic. Yep. Uh, magic is probably the, I would say the go-to how to kill a ghost. Hit it with magic. Yep. This is this is the time for the wizard to shine. I remember one campaign. Uh, that I played in the... Uh, we mentioned uh, it on episode 6, uh, the Prison Break campaign that oh, yeah. I once played in. Uh, our friend Jared was DMing, and he brought us to this tower, and in this tower we uh, like had to go up these levels, and eventually we got to this one level, and I, I'm the wizard in the group, um, and we started out level 5 in this campaign, so I was already <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. But like, I'm the wizard in this group, and... Uh, we get to this level of this tower and there's all these ghosts floating around and all my buddies are running around swinging at nothing, they can't hit it. <laughs> and you are the only <laughs> And I'm one. just like, my time to shine! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, killing these ghosts. Magic missling things. everything. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like, wizards, com- wi- like, wizards, it's time for you to shine. Clerics, time for you to shine. I mean, yeah, clerics, like, are crazy too. Oh, we didn't even talk about this, but um, ghosts, like, clerics versus like zombies like turning like talking about what is scary about them but like ghosts have like a resistance to turning so that makes them even scarier for clerics but like clerics and wizards they're going to be good against fighting these things because they have um magical abilities druids too uh could be good but that's what i would say magic is a huge thing yep then there's these things called uh ghost touch weapons Yeah, Um, which are way rare. Yeah, and Um, super expensive if you can find them. Super expensive, but they're like perfect for fighting ghosts. It's like you have a ghost touch weapon. Put it in the hand of that strong like fighter, and just say hack away, hack away, (laughs) go to town. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you're gonna be able to hit them now. So those those are a sweet way uh, to be able to fight those ghosts.
2: Yeah. I mean, you could, another way is you could, you could try and help them because mm-hmm. like we said, there, there's probably depending a reason. On the ghost, yeah. yeah. Depending on the ghost. Yeah. Like you could, you could try and help them, you know, if it's somebody that has an unfinished task, maybe you could help them finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't exactly know where to go to finish it, but you can help them out and finish it for them. Yeah. And then they can dematerialize or whatever it is goes to do when they <laughs> pass on. Uh, that's, that's another way that you can, you can help them a, a less violent way. I mean, it protects your ability scores that way. Unless that's a violent. that's a good way. The peaceful way, yeah, the peaceful way.
1: Or um, and depending on uh, whether you, as the DM, want this to be part of the lore or not. Um, but like it, we talked about ghosts becoming attached to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, ghosts becoming attached to either haunted uh, houses, castles, towns, or even like objects. Another way to fight a ghost is by destroying that object that tethers them to uh, this world. Like if there's if a ghost is attached to a knife because the the person that that ghost was like used that knife. He was a hunter and every day he used that knife. Like if you destroy that knife, that ghost is going to pass on. Like you you've ended its time like yeah. there. Like same thing with like a house. If it's ghosts is haunting a house, like, uh maybe if you burn that house down maybe. You'll be done with it. Yeah. And hopefully. that's and that's up to you as a DM because I think you and me both, Chris, know that like players trying to break the game is always frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I think if I had planned like a haunted like house campaign. Oh just burn and, it down. Yeah. And the players <laughs> just like,
0: oh let's burn it
1: down I'd be like, Alright, well you I'd have to, like, right at the spot be like, okay, uh, you light the torch, you put it to the house, um, and the torch, like, flies away from your hand. Or, or you, like have to, like, yes. you have to
2: make some reason for them to go in there. Not yes. just to destroy a ghost, but to, like, find, like, this sacred mm-hmm. relic that's inside there yeah, that they, they have to go in. Maybe they
1: can't destroy the house. Yeah. Now, that's, that being said, if it's, it's not a huge campaign that you've, or, like, Dungeon crawl esque thing that you've planned. Like sometimes it's nice to reward players through their creativity. Yeah, if it's like a brain. little side quest yeah, or something like, like that. Like there's there's been times where I'd be like, like a player will bring forth this idea that I did not think of, and it's just like, all right, you do it. Yeah, <laughs> well yeah. done. Yeah. Like and so I think it's good to sometimes reward players like that, and as long as you just don't want to have to. You breaking the game is never fun. It's like oh, you did it. Good job. All right. Well. That was a good 10 minutes of play. Yeah, I'll right. see you guys next yeah. week.
2: <laughs> hey, I had this four-hour dungeon yeah, girl right. <laughs> planned, and you guys beat it in 10 seconds. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. those,
1: those, are, those are some uh, good ways to fight ghosts. Uh, we gave reasons why they're scary. Uh, let's move on to the one that I think we're both the most excited about. Let's talk about zombies. Oh, I'm I, so excited to talk about zombies. I think the first thing that we should talk about is we should talk about if you're doing a zombie campaign... What is the setup for the campaign?
2: So I think the first one, because The Walking Dead is so popular, would have to be the apocalyptic setting. Would you agree (laughs) with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so basically there's something that happened, some cataclysmic event. Everybody's been either turned to zombies or will turn to zombies, and everybody is trying to survive, kill the zombies, Mm -hmm. whatever your apocalyptic setting looks like. I think that is probably, when you think of zombies, is the, the number one biggest thing people think of when it comes to... Uh, settings,
1: yeah um, it's really cool, like you and me are huge walking dead fans like, we uh get together every week, watch it, we love the show, um but it's really cool when you think of like a zombie apocalypse setting too in a d and d fantasy world, like it's different there aren't guns like there's crossbows like <laughs> you have a bunch of daryl's right, yeah around. right right <laughs> but like it's it's a different type of world instead of having. At the prison where there's uh, zombies in SWAT gear, you got zombies who are knights in full... Full plate. <laughs> full plate armor. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a different setting, but it can be super cool to just say, this whole world, it's it's, it's their apocalypse. It's this fantasy world's yeah. apocalypse. And there's zombies shambling around everywhere, and now people are running around. I, I feel like, like in... Uh, like we wa- we love it's the Walking Dead like Michonne with her samurai sword like would, there's not a lot of people walking around with swords but I feel like in a fantasy world it's like every a little bit easier yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? to get the swords yeah. but I mean also when you talk about D&D lore the zombies themselves are able to at least at the very least they're picking up clubs and hitting you with it yeah. so I imagine they can use actual got, weapons yep, and stuff they're like that. using weapons too yep. so you're going to have to watch out for that as well Yep. Um. I'm going to bring it back, because you know me, if you've been listening, and I love wizards. Uh, liches. Liches can be a great setup to a zombie campaign. Yep. Uh, you can have a uh, a dungeon crawl um, type of campaign, or just story into your campaign, where it's a Lich Lord's dungeon, and of course, uh, the Lich is going to want to protect itself, and the phylactery that um, is basically more important, not even basically, is
0: more important than than
1: his actual body. Um, So he's going to, of course, uh, call upon hordes and hordes of zombies and other undead creatures uh, to protect him um, and it's funny because once you get through those zombies, like, then the real battle begins between the lich and you. Because yeah. zombies are already bad enough and then you have to deal with this
2: even stronger <laughs> yeah. basically zombie yeah. that can actually Wizard. intelligently know what's going yeah. on. But yeah, yeah, zombies
1: like are a great uh, minion to a powerful undead creature yeah. like a lich.
2: Yep. I mean, you could also do outbreaks, like there's... Going along uh, with the apocalypse. Yeah, going along with the apocalypse thing. You could have um, necromancers, like we had in in one of your campaigns where uh, this little boy got a hold of a wizard's spell book and he turned a whole bunch of, yeah, yeah, we talked about it, yeah, where he turned a whole bunch of sheep into zombies, you know, so you could have a wizard that, like... Maybe this wizard has, like, this grudge against the city he grew up in or something like that. Like, maybe it didn't like magic and they banished him. And he's like, well, I'm going to take my vengeance on this city. And yeah. he raises, maybe maybe he raises the dead that are in the cemetery that everybody knows. So they look semi-familiar and sends them back on the city. So you could have, like, this necromancer, this wizard that's just angry at the city and decides to raise a horde of, of zombies yeah. from the dead to have them destroy or target specific people or whatever. You know? I think in a D&D world, a
1: fantasy world, necromancers are a huge reason why zombies, for the most part, are shambling around. And I think you you mentioned it briefly when we were talking about the apocalypse setting, but I think that's, in the end, when you're deciding setting up a zombie campaign or a zombie storyline in your campaign, I think you have to make the decision um, about where these zombies came from, and really there's two big like things you like you have to decide between. Did these zombies come from uh dark magic, necrotic magic, right? Or is it something science based? Is it like a walking dead scenario where it's it's a disease, right. it's an infection. Um and and both of those can be really good um and here's the thing. It you can have you don't have to go, alright, in my world it's going to be infection. You don't have to go, all right, in my world, it's going to be, it's going to be magic. It can be both. Um, you can have, uh, necromancers that raise zombies. You can have a different time when an outbreak breaks out and it does this, it does like the same thing. It could be a disease that is caused by magic that goes wrong. Um, one, one last thing going off of the magic thing is just, uh, it could be a curse. Like, whether that, whether that's a curse, uh, uh, that's, you know, your characters, your your players have to figure, their characters have to figure out how to break this curse, that it could be, once again, wizard-based. Or you could go even higher or lower than that. Uh, However you want to look it at it. It could be, uh, a, it could be a demon, it could be a god, an evil god. Uh, Nerul pops to yeah. mind, although I know in Nerul is no longer the god of death with the, fourth edition, and I believe fifth edition, but yeah, I, I at the, stick to I haven't Nerul. looked into deities in fifth edition yet. I stand yeah, but... for the rule. No, I don't. That's yeah. dark and evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I stand for the rule. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those are a lot of good, uh, s- just possible setups for a campaign, uh, how to do zombies. We're going to talk more about ideas about zombie campaigns, because like we said, this is the one that we're really excited yeah. for. We really... Yep. We really, and maybe it's the fact that we just love Walking Dead so much that we're super excited about it. But um, we want to talk a little bit more about zombies than we have with the other guys. Yeah. But so, what is it about zombies that makes them scary? Like
2: we said, with ghosts, they're unnatural. They're not. I mean, a zombie's not a normal occurrence. You don't just see this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, whether whether it is the magic or. An outbreak. Yeah, it's it's may, it may, it may retain some, depending on how long the zombie's been dead, some physical characteristics mm-hmm. of the person, but for the most part, like, I know the picture in the monster manual is, like, it's got its arm, like, missing, you can see the bone, like, yeah. the hand is gone, it's got, like, yep. you know, it's super pale, like, just no body fat on it at all, it's just, like, it's just... Shambling around like its eyeballs gone. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh,
1: shambling around, rotted meat. Yeah, on basically, a it probably
2: smells. I would imagine <laughs> for the most part. I mean, I I can't say I've ever smelled decaying flesh before, but I yeah. can't imagine it smells pleasant.
1: <laughs> you know, one of my favorite depictions that uh, in like is of course Walking Dead and the way they do zombies. And I think one of the fa- my favorite creepy things they do with those zombies is uh, they they got the zombies that are always like. The, they're just like moving and shambling, but when they see people, they just start like, not like, of course, you get the like, you get the groans, they're coming after you or whatever, but I think my favorite is when they just start like snapping their jaw oh, together. Oh, yeah,
2: the teeth. Yeah, and the teeth just, like, crunch crunching on clacking noise. them together,
1: and like, ooh, those are the, those are the gruesome, scary. And they got ones the weird, like, me. head twitches and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> oh. um, we talked about, speaking about outbreaks and infections, why are they scary? Well, um, this is not, uh, the way that D&D zombies specifically work, but it, it would be something that you could very easily decide, um, that it does work this way and you could, um, have, uh, this be part of your zombie lore, but, uh, what about the, if it is a, a disease, uh, the spread of infection, yeah. uh, whether that's by simply biting, whether that's by, uh, even just it's. Uh, it's blood getting on you. It's scratching you. Uh, I think biting would be the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, if you're gonna turn, you're gonna turn yeah. and get bit. Or but that's I mean, like that's freaky to a character if you make that part of your lore. Like, don't get bit by this thing. And that's really. I mean, that is also makes it really hard for your players to fight these things. Yeah. They're gonna have to be pretty ingenious about it. But. That's not to say that hard is always bad. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: and I know you did with your campaign, too. You you made it so we had to make a throwing save. I don't remember. Was yeah, yeah. It? Uh, it, was, it was a four. It was really low, save, though, yeah. wasn't it, that yeah, we had to pass? Yeah. But if we... The and, two this us was, and this was with the zombie
1: sheep. <laughs> yeah, so it's like <laughs> so, we didn't pass it, but, and you start
2: to, like, have these weird ticks that start yeah. happening to you, and so maybe it's something that you have to find a wizard in order to be cured. Like, yeah. it's if it's... If it's necrotic, like we talked about, if it's necrotic magic, ne- uh, you know, necromancy, and they cast it on a a individual who is dead, they bite you. Maybe there is the disease element to it. The wizard or a wizard may be the only one that knows how to dispel it. You know, yeah, I mean, exactly, that could, that could be it. Too, so I, yeah. I think
1: that's honestly out of all these, that could be one of the, the maybe the top scariest things that you could do. With zombies in your campaign, yeah. like how to make them yep. scary? Yep, um, kind of going along with uh, infection and other things that make them scary. Now, w- when you look at a, a zombie stat-wise, when you look at them, and even just what they do in the book, uh, one zombie is not not that scary. Is not really that scary. Uh, we we talked about this, but they're they're very slow. They can't run, yep. Um. and one of the things that they can't do is they can't make two... Uh, there, it's They have single action only, which basically, we'll read it right out of the Monster Manual, says uh, zombies have poor reflexes and can perform only a single move action or attack action each round. Now, they can move and attack in one round, but it can only be if they're charging. Right. So only if they're going in a direct line. So if they have to turn at all, that's their movement, they're done yep. for the round. They, and I like that. It's it's very true to a lot of zombie lore. Uh, yeah, they're not running. You know, we don't have. I know a lot of people like this game, and uh, more power to you. Maybe Chris, like, if you, I think you do like this. So, uh, but uh, Left for Dead, you like that game? Oh, right? I love Left yeah, for Dead. Good. Yeah. So, uh, people who like Left for Dead, listen to this podcast. Chris likes it. Keep listening.
2: I hate <laughs> that game. <laughs> you probably but don't like World War Z either, do you? I
1: don't like. I don't think I like the, like, running zombies and stuff like, no, actually, I did like World War Z, but that also took a very different, like, perspective on zombies Yeah. like, I don't know, but, um, yeah, like, I don't really, like, when it comes to D&D, like, running a campaign, I don't like running zombies, I like the, like, walking zombies, and I know people go, oh, they're not scary, like, that way, but that's what we're getting to. One-on-one, they're not scary. Yeah. But you put them in hordes or if you like Walking Dead terminology, herds, herds. and that's where it becomes scary. Because one on one, you can bust that thing's head in really easy before it gets to you, especially if you got a group of four adventurers. Yeah. But then then you like you hit that one zombie, you kill it, and you're like, Yeah, you turn around and around the corner there's like thirty zombies, that's what it's freaky.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not so and even with a horde, it's not so bad if you're, like, running from it. But if yeah. you get backed up against, like, a cliff wall or something. Exactly. Like, or you and there's take a no turn, way.
1: and you're trying to run away there's from one dead horde, end. and there's more, and all of a sudden, you've got nowhere to go. Yeah. That's... That... The hordes and the herds, <laughs> that's, that's... They may be
2: slow, they may not be able to turn, but when there's, there's too numbers, many of them, yep. you can't run or you can't turn either. So it's, like, And if we're talking
1: about a uh, situation where there's infection, too, that just makes it even scarier, because... Not only do you have to guardian's one biting you, yeah and then you got thirty of them yeah. that you gotta worry about. Because yeah, even if there's a
2: bunch, if it's not infection, you could try and push your way through all of them, take some damage and then get out the other side. But if there's infection, like if you get bit at all throughout that whole process, and then you like even if you get bit more like we did in, in uh your campaign with the you know, you had to make the save real quick if you wanted to survive, even if you made it through all of that, you would have to make save after save after save yeah. after save for every single one you're getting bit by so it, it makes it even scarier on top of all of that <laughs> so um the the other thing is endless possibilities like it gives away that you can change any creature into a zombie yeah. and it's like you we can
1: we didn't talk about it with ghosts, but ghosts are the same yeah. way, like templates. But we just thought it would be more appropriate to talk about it with zombies. Yep. yep. But yeah, like
2: you're saying. Yeah, I mean, so they have they have some in, in the monster menu that's like cabal. They give a human, they give you know troglodyte, bugbear, ogre, minotaur. But you could make, I mean, there could be dragon zombies. Yeah. I mean, there could be all we were, sorts of different. Yeah, things. we were talking
1: about how how to make zombies scary. One on one, they're not scary. Well, one zombie. You put him on the back of a dragon that's a zombie too? That's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know if
2: the I don't know if the zombie individually is scary or if it's the yeah. dragon that's as <laughs> well, so scary the, as a zombie. The zombie's
1: probably scary if he's like I yeah, I guess a regular it would have to be like <laughs> some kind of like magical zombie Yeah. Like, they are not intelligent. So, I just imagine this, like, brain-dead zombie on the back of a dragon just... Uh, and like
0: Or, or just you being see...
1: flung around in different directions. Or you see the zombie he's dragon. He's not actually controlling Yeah, him. you see the
2: zombie dragon, like... Yeah, he's, like, he's like tied to it. Like, the, the creator, like, like, tied him to it. He looks like a
1: really drunk guy on, like, a riding bull, but, like... He's, like, accidentally strapped in, and people think he's doing really good, except he's just being whipped like, around. I just want to get off of this. He's passed out.
2: I have this picture in my head of this dragon zombie, like, taking off and, like, starting to fly, and all of a sudden you see, oh, this huge zombie just fall like, off. like, his, like, <laughs> legs hanging by, like,
1: the, uh, what do you call it? The reins? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was a dragon rider in life, and now in death he's just uh, a dragon. Yeah. I don't know, hold on for your life. Yeah, right, <laughs> right? Hold uh, on for your undead life. Oh, gosh. Um, all, right. all right, how do you, how do you fight zombies? Uh, the first thing um, is you don't have to always fight them. If you're playing yeah. a and d zombie campaign, you want to make it scary, you want to make hordes, you want to make infections, you want to make it scary for your players, make sure, I think, to just before you even start the game, be like, just so you guys know... Whenever I, I'm going to throw in scenarios in here that aren't always going to be really winnable. You need to yeah. like, so realize that. So like, how do you fight them? Well, sometimes it's better just to outrun them. Yeah, you <laughs> like, see a huge horde coming your way? Yeah. It's like, better to outrun like them than trying like to try said, like, Yeah, maybe you run, hope that you don't turn around the wrong corner and get into a bigger horde, but yeah. Like, just, they,
2: they may be stupid. But as a player, sometimes your best inclination is, well, sometimes, I know when there's a lot of things, like what we did with the zombie sheep was like, let's get all the experience we can. Like, there's yeah. 70 of them, let's try and kill them all, you know? Uh, but as a DM, you can make them scary to the point where people are like, oh crap, I don't want to stick around for these things, you know? Um, and there's no, there's really no other option. Like, you you play a game and you
1: run around a corner and you get, you're like caught off guard and there's 30 orcs there now you you might go i can't fight them i could run but you also have the idea and it might be awful or not but you also could go maybe i can negotiate with them i'm diplomatic maybe it could work it doesn't matter how diplomatic you are with zombies you are either gotta fight or you gotta run they're pretty Um, dumb so yeah out out running them is one thing yep um, how else can you fight zombies?
2: You can use slashing damage. You could use, use,
1: yeah, you can use slashing damage. That's uh yeah, zombies have a damage reduction. And so,
2: you, you pretty much, to kill them quickly, need to use slashing damage. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you could use a club, but bludgeoning damage is just going to indent them a little bit. Yeah. It's not, they're already dead, it's not going to collapse their lung and make them die any quicker, Now that's, you know? that's
1: for you as the... That's for you as the DM to know and for players to find out. Yeah. Um, I know that I can't stand it when a player goes... Um, oh, when, it's a the zombie. First, the first hit with the zombie. Um, oh, by the way, Mitch, I'm using slashing damage. And all the other players look at him like, you never ever say what kind of damage. Hmm, I wonder why. Oh, I must have to use slashing damage. Oh, yeah. I can't stand that. Yeah. I remember one time I made zombie. I was like, you know what? These guys aren't zombies. They're skeletons with flesh on them. So they only take damage reduction. Uh, they only don't get damage reduction with bludgeoning. Right. So forget you, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I
1: was like, I am not rewarding skeletons. Like, yeah, expression. I am not rewarding player knowledge entering to this.
0: So, yeah. yeah, yeah, but
1: but yeah, slashing damage. That's like, as a DM, you should know that, and you should be able to. Um, at some point, maybe they meet an NPC who like. Teaches them, hey, yeah. <laughs> use this sword; it's better. Or if you want an encounter, um, be like you're hitting it with your hammer, and you don't; it doesn't seem to do as much as uh, the barbarian who's slashing it with its sword. Yeah. Um, another way is uh, we talked about running them. Uh, how about outwitting them?
2: Yeah. Zombies are dumb. Yeah, they're very dumb. They're they actually st- don't have an intelligence. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they don't get an intelligence. There's a, there's a dash.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're brainless. Uh, they're there to eat and that's it. Whether yep. they're after your flesh, whether they're after your brains, whatever, whatever it is, is, they're there to eat. They're not thinking about it. They're just doing it. Um, so you can outwit them. Uh, you, Which leaves your players, I think, a lot of great uh, ways for them to roleplay. Uh, they could dig a hole uh, and stand on the other dig side a hole, of it. Dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Eddie. Uh, and lead them to that hole and just have them like drop in that hole and just. I mean, they could. That that would be one way. They could, light them on fire after. They could or light. Yeah, light them on fire. That's one of the things we said. Yeah, like, you could fight them by burning them. Uh, so you can dig a hole, light them on fire. You could like lead them to a wall where you drop like. Torches and toil oh, and like, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you could you could do some impressive thing with rope and like clothesline them or tie them up. Like, just don't get bit while doing it. Yeah, especially right. If they're infectious. Yeah. Or uh, one other thing that would be really good for your players to do, um, is to like use magic could be great against zombies. You can cast summon monster and have them chase after a rabbit that you summoned. Yeah. Um, you could cast illusion. And make them think that there's a person uh, who, like, you cast a fat guy.
0: <laughs> They're like, "Oh man!"
1: Like, like payload, yeah. <laughs> buffet time, um, <laughs> um, and then, or you could even cast like ghost sounds. I'm just like anything that's gonna draw them in. Yeah, um, those are some great ways that you could fight them. How weird would
0: that
2: be? This is just random off the top of my head. How weird would it be? if zombies had, like, they couldn't speak, but they could speak telekinetically to each other, and they're just like, I call the intestines. (laughs) That'd that'd be weird. (laughs) They got, like, forks in the Yeah, right. Civilized zombies.
0: In Um, their minds. They're not actually that on the outside. Intestines
1: claimed. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: So, let's talk more about uh, ideas for a zombie campaign. Let's break this down a little bit more, um, since this is the one that we're really excited about. I think what you and me really want to talk about is... We want to focus on, because we are Walking Dead fans and the apocalyptic type setting. Uh, we want to talk about zombie campaigns in an apocalyptic type setting. How do uh, you do them? Um, and so we talked a little about uh, the hordes versus zo- lone zombies, and I think in an apocalyptic type setting, it's good to have both. Uh, yeah. It's good to good to give your players like hope. Yeah, good to give your players like yeah hope like <laughs> moments where it's like you have two zombies in front of you. Yeah. let them bash their I brains can, in. Yeah, it's
2: that moment of I can do this. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like just let them just go to town, just destroy them. Um, let them kill them. Uh, then I think there's also moments where you need to give them those, uh, those unwinnable situations where there's like just hordes of zombies where you you want them to figure out something else yeah. to do. Yeah. Uh, it can be like a warning to your PCs that, uh, it can be a warning, like, uh, oh, like you have to do this in this campaign, you're going to have to go to this place for it. Well, that place is surrounded by a horde, a huge horde of zombies. It could be somebody getting, get yeah. PCs, you're going to have to figure out another way in. <laughs>
0: yeah, they could,
2: I mean, that's... You know, whoever's giving the quest, they hey, this is their instructions to them. It's it's basically you as the DM giving instructions through the NPC, saying, "Don't be dumb. Like, yeah. be careful while you're there because yep. hordes of zombies are not to be messed with." You know, um, within you know the apocalyptic campaign, you could make uh, food be very scarce. Uh, yep. it's I think um, that
1: would be an interesting,
2: an interesting thing
1: that survival is just just survival alone. Yeah, is part of the role-playing
2: aspect yeah. and the quest there's more quote, there's more than one way to die yeah then like i mean there's zombies obviously you can die from those but it's also like oh crap i gotta i gotta worry about food now yeah. too because that's and know, not that's only
1: not only might you just starve to death but you have to if you're gonna be fighting zombies you want to keep your your strength up yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. uh food is scarce uh just questing to try and find food yeah um possibly having to try food that, um, you wouldn't normally try. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if, you know, if worse came to worse, if there was a horse, like, I don't know many people yeah. that eat horses, but if it came to it, like, your characters had to try it to survive, like... Or, or even, even worse things. Yeah, that's because we're Walking Dead fans, yeah. but we won't but, spoil anything um, for you. so,
1: uh, go, like, food is scarce, I think one thing that, um, is really can be cool about a zombie campaign is different kinds of weapons or even doing different things with normal weapons that you wouldn't actually normally do Uh, so like having makeshift weapons maybe you want to do a zombie campaign where you your characters start off um, and they're not knights they're not wizards they're just normal people yeah they're like peasants and they're gonna have to like find like, a rake. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Like, a a hammer. Things that they're going to have to use as a weapons. Stick. <laughs> a stick. A <laughs> stick. A big stick. <laughs> um, and just, they're going to have to find those things uh, to fight off these zombies. And, like, that's... I feel like you do that for, like, at least a session, and then once they find that armory that has all those weapons inside, that's, like, such a sweet payoff for those players. And it's like... And and the great thing about that is if you have them fight with like a stick, a hammer, a like when you introduce to them, there's an armory with no, they're not masterwork, they're just regular weapons. All of a sudden, it's like you've given them like a horde of treasure. It's like, oh my god, have you seen that? There's a sword.
2: Have you seen that <laughs> video of the N64 kid when he gets the N64 for Christmas? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I'll have to show it to you. But there's like, there's this kid. He gets like this. It's like when the N64 was big, like 1998 yeah. or whatever when it came out. And he's like, his mom's like, you know, we got this really sweet present for you. Like, what do you think it is? And like this, this kid and his sister are sitting around and they open it up and he's just like, it's an N sixty four, and he's like doing all these oh, like yeah, jump yeah. fists and that, like freaking them. out, he's just and he's, freaking uh, out. Yeah, it's totally like sure. that's what I can imagine like again, yeah. or it's just like somebody it's like so
1: regular sword. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> they just fall to their knees and start crying like right. they're just so happy.
1: <laughs> Crossbow, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but going along with weapons and speaking about crossbows and stuff, um, you can like this. I, this goes along with how do you fight them? But uh, if you're doing like a uh, Specific zombie campaign, you want to like homebrew some rules. uh, Headshots, yeah, Um, they can be uh, a good way to. I mean, I like the lore that if you if you destroy a zombie's like if you chop off its head, stick a sword through its brain, that it's done. Yeah, because that's more
2: like. Granted, we are Walking Dead fans, but that's more than just Walking Dead. That's the thing that's been around for a while. Yeah, Um, Yeah. and I like that. Yeah. Uh, So how do you? The thing is, how do you do that? Because do yeah. you,
1: do you go do you just let your player say I'm gonna hit in the head I'm gonna and aim then the next, yeah yeah and then the next player goes I'm gonna hit in the head too the next player I'm gonna hit in the head as well yeah can we just assume that we're all gonna hit in the head um well it's really you could do that if you want um but I think a, I think you could like do your own kind of homebrew system like you could have a separate stats of health for the zombie and AC for the regular stuff and I would just use what's in the book. But then you could also just half, maybe you half the number of hit points for their head, if they get hit in the head, and then add to their AC. Whether that's a plus two, a plus four, so a headshot. What is,
2: Chris, you got the Monster Manual. What is a zombie's regular, I know it's low,
1: what is a zombie's regular
2: AC? Uh, It's... It depends on what it is, but it's thirteen for like the a human? for like a Kabul. The human one is eleven. A
1: hu- okay, so a humans is eleven. That's super low. Yeah, it's low You're already. You're gonna hit it. Now, what if what if you just make that? What if you add four to that? It's a fifteen uh, AC yeah. of fifteen. Uh, it's still it's still definitely hittable. So that's for the head. Let's say AC of fifteen for the head, and their hit points sixteen. Sixteen. You half that into eight. Um, and so there could be like you could get really good just kill shots. Yeah. Um, you might even, I mean, you might even take a leaf out of, oh man, I hate saying this, but you might even take a leaf out of a 4e rule, um, um of minions and any hit kills it. So if you hit it on the head, it's dead. Yeah, um, now, that's true. Now, if you're, if you have a dragon zombie, that should not be the case. No, but. But oh yeah, you like, hit it in the head sweet it's dead <laughs> you got it you dude. killed a 300 well, that's, head that's when you make the AC for a dragon head way higher <laughs> yeah, and right. not allowing that to no yeah. but but yeah like I think that that's a good I think that's a great like homebrew rule that you can do I know you can if you're if you're in, if you don't like the idea we just gave for how to do that you can go online and search the rules for that there's tons, there's tons there. of them out tons yeah but I think that's a really good thing to have in a zombie campaign yeah. I think that's a sweet idea to have in a zombie campaign yeah I think one one other thing that's good in a zombie campaign is the other NPCs. Like, other humans. um, If you watch any kind of, like, apocalyptic thing uh, with Walking... We're just going to keep returning to Walking Dead, but Walking Dead is huge with this. The zombies are not the biggest threat. It's other humans. Yeah. But there's also the sense of there's other good humans out there, too. So, NPCs can be really well used in a zombie campaign. Uh, Whether you're trying to protect them, whether you... Uh, are just constantly developing a thing of uh, mistrust, or they're trying to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then if you're protecting them, they can also make. You have to be careful because you could, you could, as a DM, role play NPCs that your characters want to protect, but they're not going to always make the smart decisions. Think of horror movies; they don't always make the smart decisions. I know. Um, I DM'd a campaign for my friends back in New York. Uh, wh- and we did a zombie uh like two day campaign and it was just took place in a big mansion and they uh they got overrun and they were like retired adventurers and they had all these servants and so they're trying to like save their servants from like turning into zombies and their servants did not always make the best right. decisions. <laughs> so I mean they're like they're not they're not retired adventurers. They're there's like there's zombies everywhere, they're just freaking out. Yeah. And so uh sometimes their NPCs would make terrible decisions that would lead them to have to make really hard dangerous decisions. Yeah. So that can be a really good thing. Yep. Um, anything else that we want to add on to ideas for a zombie campaign? Uh, no. I don't think so. Do you have anything? I guess, I guess my last thing would be just one thing I think you need to figure out for a zombie campaign is are you going to allow and if you are going to allow are you going to limit divine classes mm-hmm. because all right guys we're playing a zombie campaign everybody's going to want to be a cleric yeah um so are you going to allow them yes or no and are, are you, you going just going to limit it are you maybe? Gonna limit it like yeah. to one cleric and whether the group chooses themselves or you just randomly choose like because if they maybe they all want to be it like that's that's up to you as the dm um, I know for, for my world, uh, in the history of my world, I've set up like different ages and different things. There's right. a, uh, there's a really dark time near the end of like my world that there's a zombie apocalypse, almost destroys the whole world kind of thing. And a big reason that happens is because the gods pretty much turn their backs on, right. the, on the world. And so clerics, there aren't clerics.
2: Because there's no communication yeah, with the gods at that point. There was, yeah. there was
1: a lot of, there was wizards, they caused this outbreak, and the gods have, the gods as you, as you go through the timeline of my world's history, become less and less interested, and like, right. divine, like, magic becomes less and less of a major, like, player in, in that world. So, you reach that point, and one day I'd like to play in that, like, zombie, apocalyptic, timeline right there won't be clerics i won't allow clerics because right. there's no the gods aren't answering those clerics during that time yeah uh they'll come back at some point in the future to a degree but it won't ever be the same right. yeah so i think like have the gods forsaken this this world that you're playing is that why these zombies are even there yeah or are the gods really trying to help them back so maybe you do maybe you play a whole camp Maybe play a campaign with all clerics I wouldn't want to do that because that would be so many. <laughs> yeah. be like you'd be like playing zombies like crazy and yeah. like, and they'd be getting XP like crazy. But maybe you want to do that. So yeah, maybe, um,
2: maybe it'd be fun for a one-shot campaign. Where yeah, you make everybody yeah. zombie maybe, or no, you make everybody clerics. That's a good
1: point. One-shot campaign. Maybe you're maybe you just want to give your players like an opportunity to kick butt. Yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs> so yep.
1: But yeah, those are those are some of our ideas for a zombie light campaign we love zombies yeah those are our our big four we decided with a big four of horror creatures uh, for horror campaigns hopefully you'll be able to use them Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode uh, that's coming out uh, before Halloween and uh, yeah let's uh, go to our light bulb shall we
2: light bulb Our light bulb is what if you were to do a costume night. Yeah, we talked your, a little bit about this, yep, but Yeah, but so say you're doing a Halloween night, yep. you know, if you listen to this podcast before Halloween and you decide, "Hey, last minute, like let's dress up." It, you know, if you can dress if, up as your character. You don't
1: always do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Then then like just do it. Like and if you think it's silly, like that's fine. Laugh, laugh about it with each other. Yeah. Like, yep. just embrace the geekiness of it. You're already playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like, there's not. <laughs> you're, you're. I'm sorry, but if you're like that's if, not cool, man. Then people, I'm sorry. Oh, if people if are going to make Dungeons fun of race.
2: us, they would have already made fun just, of us. You know? Yeah.
1: Why are you waiting and just jumping
0: already?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just do it. I think I think doing a costume night would be a blast. Yeah. We've talked about the both recipe, doing it. Characters. Yeah. Um, yep.
1: if you're doing, like, if you're doing outside of regular human race, it's gonna get pretty hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were talking oh, about it orc. Oh, great! Oh,
2: awesome! Paint your whole body green. Oh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about one of our friends is a rabbit folk <laughs> in yep. one of your campaigns. So, like, getting what Playboy like? buddy
0: is? <laughs> oh,
2: Just getting ears of some sort that look like rabbits. <laughs> Stick them on there. Oh gosh, but. Yeah, I think uh, maybe that could be something that you would want to try for your campaign. Go for it. I like, think, do it. I think hey, you should. And if you do it, send us pictures. Yeah, we'd love to. Love see to. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> hilarious.
1: So for the light bulb, our idea is do a costume night, especially if you're doing it for Halloween.
2: Light bulb. So that's our episode for today. Happy Halloween, everyone, if you listened to this before Halloween. We, we love you guys as a community. We really do. Uh, and we, we hope that you can support us. Uh, so if you're, if you're listening and you like what you hear, if you could go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, uh, leave us a little review, type some words out and stuff, that'd be, that'd be awesome. We would love that. Uh, we want to keep this community growing and, and keep hearing from more of you. And with that, we love hearing from you guys. Like, I've interacted with some of you on on our email, and Mitch has done a lot with Twitter. And so, if you want to, if you want to get in contact with us, our email is DungeonMasterBlock at gmail.com. And Mitch, what is is our Twitter? Our Twitter is at DMsBlock.
1: That's at D-M-S underscore block on Twitter. Uh, So, follow us on Twitter. Uh, We post a lot of interesting stuff on there. If you want uh, more... (laughs) <laughs> more conversation than 140 characters, well, yeah, 140 characters. email Chris. Chris usually takes care of the email, like he said. But we both love to hear from you guys. Uh, like us on Facebook. Those are some <laughs> great ways that you can
2: uh, just support us and let us know that you're there and you're listening. Yep, so that's all we have uh, for the Dungeon Master's block today. Uh, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, only person capable of ending the world as we know it mutilating characters (laughs) and throwing them down 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 into the pit of despair keep on dungeon mastering
0: (laughs) goodbye